Hey everyone, today is Thursday, the 16th of August, 2018. This is The Gap, episode 432. I'm Luke Laurie and Job Gerard's here. What's going on, Job? How'd your solo cast go last week? Oh, I think it was pretty good. It was a bit short, 90 minutes, pathetic, but uh, still pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you've you know. done longer. I, I definitely have. And uh, yeah, just I think I just I got distracted by the end. I listened to this, some of the start because uh, oh, yeah. I was quite busy. Uh, you got some cupcakes. I was pretty disappointed about that because I didn't get oh, any yeah. cupcakes. Cupquakes. 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 Well, they were doomed. So uh, it took me like a week to eat them. They were, there was, then that was sharing them with my wife. They were so fucking sugary. Uh, like, but if you, if you look at it, like, uh, I know IGN got a box as well, a box of cupcakes. Yep. Cupquakes. And uh, they like they got the same size box for their entire office. <laughs> right. There's too many cupcakes. Uh, not that I, you know, I love them. I love cupcakes. And I would definitely appreciate the same size box again. But it was a lot of cupcakes. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. Right. Yeah, cool. They were awesome. They were fantastic. I saw the ones that uh, Melbourne got because they must have. They used different. Got. Yeah. Shit. That was shit. Sydney wins again. Sydney's were fucking awesome. Uh, they cheated a little bit. They used um, that that like decorative icing. Yeah, you know the stuff they use. Uh, yeah, they use that stuff to um, like make the artwork on these cupcakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are, uh, yeah, they actually had just regular cupcakes with delicious buttercream and stuff underneath so me and my wife were peeling the sugar icing off the top because we're not fans and uh just eating the cupcake beneath and uh yeah it was delicious it was fucking amazing um yeah meanwhile uh um yeah i don't know meanwhile yeah (laughs) meanwhile yeah I, i was just uh yeah the food trend's coming back you've had burgers You've had True. cupcakes. Yep. What is next? Uh, let's go with, I'm hoping, fine Japanese whiskey. Okay. For what game? Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Well, it could be American whiskey, I guess, but it's generally shit. So, so you got a cup, but no, um, you got nothing inside the cup. Nothing. Yeah, I need something for the cup, of course. I got a shirt as well, but uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. Can't drink a, sh- a shirt, right? I need something to drink. You could try and melt it down. So isn't there anything called car- cowboy coffee? Right? Maybe that's a thing, right? I, I feel like that's a thing. Um, yeah, my wife's messaging from uh, messaging me. She's working from home because mm. we're moving house, and uh, she is messaging me to tell me that it is fondant that they put on top and it's not cheating uh, that's how you make pretty cakes but it's garbage it tastes like shit and, uh, and I loathe it so right on on with you my mum used to make uh, wedding cakes and uh, I think I've, I've talked about this before but uh, she used to make mud cakes her specialty was mud cakes and uh, she would make all of the cake and all like it was entirely edible she wouldn't cheat fondant you'd make it using like all good icing yeah and the problem the trick was that like if you use different like good tasty icing uh if it gets hot it melts real quick and so there was always like this 
challenge. She made like this wedding cake and it was like gorgeous and it looked like a genuine wedding cake. But um, yeah, it was, we were in Brisbane and uh, yeah, if, if it was going to get to like 25 degrees or something, the whole thing was just going to melt. And uh, so they had to keep it in this like fridge uh, until it was ready to go out. The, the good news was uh, the wedding was at my dad's farm and uh, he had a massive, massive refrigerator, like a walk-in freezer type thing. And uh, so they just kept it in there and uh, brought it out when it was time to eat. And yeah, uh, it was pretty good. While she was making all these cakes, um, we were literally just eating off cuts of cake. Like it was nonstop off cuts of cake all all day, every day. You were just eating cake. Yep. It, it, was, it was pretty good. And that was back when I like... You li- I literally could not put weight on, like, at all. This is, I was like, I didn't hit six foot until, like, year 12. I was tiny. I was a, I was a tiny, <laughs> tiny man who weighed, like, fucking 60, 60 kilograms. And oh, I think 60 might be even too high, like 50 kilograms. Uh, I could j- just run forever. And, uh, and never put any weight on and I'd just eat fucking cake offshoots, off cuts and uh, for lunch and breakfast and dinner and shit and then go on my merry way. And now, now, now. Yeah. if I I drink like too much water, a balloon up to 108 kilograms, like four times the man I used to be. At least you're six foot eight now. So that helps. That is, that that, that does help. And (laughs) uh yeah, luckily, uh, as Bra- Bra- Braun Straumann, uh I've got a burgeoning wrestling career going for me. So, uh, yeah, everything's working out pretty good. Um, anyway, I measure, I weighed myself. My, uh, my, I was up in Brisbane the other day. I told this story last week, uh, giving my dad an Xbox. Yep. It was for his birthday, obviously. I was up for that. And... Uh, yeah, we were, uh, my dad was like bragging about having lost all this weight because he's been in the hospital, which is just fucking horseshit. Like, dad, fuck off. Like, anyone can go to hospital and lose a ton of fucking weight. That's what everyone does. Uh, oh, I'm on dialysis and now I lost a bunch of weight. <laughs> fuck off. Um, my twin brother, who never puts on any weight, he apparently just skipped the part where he puts on weight. Uh, he was bragging about how he weighs even less. And uh, then my brother-in-law um, decided to, he wanted to throw his hat in the ring, which was a mistake. Um, so we all weighed ourselves. Hmm. And, uh, I lost until my brother-in-law stepped in and weighed in a, a sweet 118 kilograms. All right. So uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I'm 104. I'm 104. It's garbage. My dad's 97. <laughs> William's like 96. Fuck that shit. Right. What do you weigh, Luke? Uh, I don't know. I think you're at 80 something. 80 something. 85. Oh, fuck it. Usually. 90. When we play scum, there. yeah. When we play scum, <laughs> you <laughs> have to put in the weight that you actually are. Yeah. Okay. Mandated. Everyone has to put in the weight that they actually are. I don't know. My teeth's just going to like struggle to get through windows and shit. <laughs> yep. Because um, they're not going to take into account my density. They might. I'm very. I'm not saying I'm dense, but 
I'm just, you know, I've packed on mass. I'm cultivating mass. Uh, anyway, good talk. Yeah. So you're in QuakeCon, yeah? Yeah, man. I went to QuakeCon last week. Um, Bethesda flew me over um, for the week to check out everything that was happening over there. And um, you've never been before, right? Yeah, throw that in my face, yeah. dickhead. Suck it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the Quake tattoo has never been to Quake Gone before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Nate has. Nate's always talked about like it being pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I was pretty excited to, to head across. Uh, I went over with him again. Um, and like a small contingent of Australians, I think it was like 10 of us all up, something like that, ranging from media to... Uh, Twitch streamers and and content creators, so nice little mix going in there. Um, yeah, man, and basically we got in there uh, like a day or two early just to sort of get settled in because it's a basically a flight from Sydney to LA and then from LA to Dallas, Texas. And um, like on trips on that sort of level, you kind of want a day or so to sort of settle in and get, you know, get over that sort of jet lag feeling because you leave here at sort of it's around midday usually and then you get into the u.s at about six or seven a.m in the morning um and then from there you go to your next flight and by the time you end up in dallas it's like three in the afternoon so your body's a bit about out of whack so the extra day like buffer is is nice and handy to have um sometimes some people don't do that sort of thing and it can be a bit frustrating but whatever so that was good um and that basically meant that we had a bit of time to sort of just chill out and relax a little bit and get suited to the like the heat because it was fucking hot. It was about 38 degrees Celsius to 40 around there the day we got in. Um, but it wasn't like, I don't know, like Sydney or Brisbane hot. It was kind of just like it was acceptable. Um, yeah. Like you weren't just sweating your ass off the entire time. And the- so it wasn't like muggy. Yeah, yeah. And the place we were at um, was basically, I kept calling it like the birdcage because it was this giant like fucking Disneyland hotel um, where they hold conventions. And we got in there and they had like a Smurfs convention going on at the same time. What? It was insane. And so they had like uh, like Smurfs people running around like dressed up in costume and all these like different events, like an escape room happening. Um, and, then, and then like QuakeCon the next sm- day. A Smurfs escape room? Yeah. What the fuck does that involve? I don't know. <laughs> Locking kids in a room and then go oh, to the bar know. for an hour while you drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it was, yeah, it was basically like this giant birdcage. There's this, this roof, glass ceiling on top. Everything was air conditioning in this hotel. It was crazy. It was crazy. Um, and basically, it was like all these hotel rooms there was a bunch of um like a sports bar in there with this ridiculously huge screen with uh like four or five different sort of tvs going at once um spent a bit of time in there there was uh, a couple of different restaurants in there there was two different pools um like pretty decent sized hotel but i've never really been to anything like that before so it's pretty cool and then sort of out the back is like a giant convention hall, which is where they do, um, you know, all these different types of activities and whatnot. So they they not only had this Smurfs thing going on, but there was like a FileMaker Pro 
sort of conference going on at the same time. And so you had this weird mix of people, <laughs> like the Smurfs people, the gamers, and like a bunch of like FileMaker Pro people, like programmers and shit. Um, so yeah, it was, it was kind of strange. But anyway, so we get in there that first day and we had, um, that was sort of like our settle down period. We, we kind of went out for dinner, got to meet everybody from the Australian crew, um, and then sort of went to, to bed and, and whatnot. Um, and the next day we, it was like our free day, the, the day we kind of had to just do whatever we want. And we went to a, a mall. Um, it was basically like a DFO, uh, with all these sort of factory outlet shops and a lot of shoe shops, like tons and tons of shoe, so- shoe shops. Went looking for like basketball shoes and that sort of thing. There wasn't really anything. Um, that I sort of liked. Uh, what I will say is yeah. the difference between American shoe stores and Australian shoe stores is that we tend to have like really shit selections of shoes and it's yeah. usually like there's two colors, there's black and white and occasionally you'll get, I don't know, a fucking yellow or something. Whereas in an American store, there's just colors everywhere. Like the basketball shoes are just ridiculous. It's like a nightclub. Um but there wasn't like anything in there that really appealed to me that I was like, oh, that looks all right. We went into, Nothing yeah, white blue. No, um, went into like a, a, a Nike factory outlet and all they had was just Jordans. Um, like I don't mind them, but you know, yeah, not really my thing. But they were, they were pretty cheap. Westbrook's, Westbrook's got some Jordans, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Westbrook's. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, shoes are super cheap over there. They were like 60 mm-hmm. bucks, which is ridiculous. It is, yeah. Yeah, so tons of shoe shops. Um, there was a couple, like, geeky stores in there. Um, but, yeah, pretty pretty big. We ended up at a arcade where they had um, a bunch and bunch of, like, just arcade machines, um, things like your traditional stuff, like your Street Fighters and Mortal Kombats and um, Tekken. And then they had newer stuff, like your... Uh, they had one of those giant Crossy Road um, sort of machines. I think we've seen one of them before in Australia. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they had, like, one of those. And they've got, like, all their, like, sort of gambling machines, like their, um, you know, deal or no deal and getting tokens and trying to knock the coins off the, the thing. Um, and so, we went and bought a, I went and bought a, like, a one-hour unlimited time card. And that cost me eight bucks to play as many games as I wanted for an hour, which was nuts. So, yeah, I played a bunch of games in there. That's awesome. Um, which is cool. Played like uh, the Jurassic Park one and the Terminator one and Aliens and basically went through that whole uh, rule set. Um, so, that was kind of like our day, what we did during the day. And then at night, we went to Medieval Times, um, which it sounds like you were pretty jealous about this one, Job. Well, I've been before and I loved it. Right. So, I was very jealous. Yes. Yeah. So, basically, it's <laughs> it's like this uh, sort of the way it's set up is like a, an oval stadium where it's pretty much just old timey people on fucking horses and jousting each other and hitting each other with like swords and um, fucking I don't know just all these different types of weapons <laughs> uh, like a play fighting type thing it's this giant theater experience and um, everybody kind of sits down you're in your delicated seats and they're sort of split up into factions and like there's different colors throughout the entire arena and uh you're kind of cheering for your your player or your the, the guy that's kind of representing your um 
your your area color yeah, yeah. your color um and there's this whole like theatrical experience about like oh these you know you're going for this guy and these other guys are like your enemies and um and just yelling at people and whatnot and they um the whole experience is like they bring out dinner to you and drinks um so we had like plates of chicken and you eat all this stuff with like your hands so (laughs) there's like chicken and corn um and there's like beer uh, and they bring out like dessert later on and it's yeah, it was fucking awesome, man. It was so much fun. Like the guy that was <laughs> running, like running around on our horse, he must have loved us because we were like at the front row, just a bunch of like nice. tw- like ten Aussies yelling <laughs> stupid shit at him the entire time. So um, <laughs> there was like some amazing Instagram stories up from some of the people that were in our group. Just some oh, of the yeah. things we were just yelling out. Um, and we didn't end up winning. Our gun came second. But uh, we were, we got to that point during the match. We were like, "Oh, we're the bad guys." <laughs> <laughs> when you realize that that moment's happened, say, like, "Oh, we're not going to win this." But you never know. Like it's kind of that feeling. Oh, maybe we will win it anyway. But um, that was still kind of funny to, to 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 get to that point and be like, "Oh, we're the assholes." But the the guy that we had was definitely the best one out of all of them. Like he was doing tricks and shit with his like spears and. Um, nice. there was, like, there was one moment where they were on a horse and they, uh, they had to go from one end of the, to the arena to the other and, like, throw a spear at a target. And oh, yeah. he was, like, fucking twirling it around and shit and, like, doing all this crazy stuff. Uh, and everyone else is kind of just running up and just launching it at the, the target. And, yeah. Anyway, so we definitely picked the, uh, the best dude. Um, nice. Yeah, man. So a really cool experience. We uh, we got dressed up after that and went and got a photo, um, yeah. like a group photo, which was a lot of fun. And um, and then yeah, we went back and continued to drink quite a lot, um, which was cool. So we met some like a bunch of the devs that were down there. Um, I, I was talking to like the guy that uh, was just announced as like a oh well, it hadn't been announced at that stage, but it was like the guy that's doing the music for Quake now. Um, and, you know, I was talking to him about, like, he works with, like, Mick Gordon and that sort of stuff. So, that was pretty pretty cool. Um, cool. Yeah, and just just drinking a lot that night. And then um, the next day is sort of like when... Um, I think that next day was when... What was it? I think it was like they had Elder Scrolls Legends, the um, tournament on as well. And so, we were watching a bunch of that, um, which was interesting because I've never actually played it before. Um and it's quite different to like your Hearthstone or Magic because it's got like lanes set up in the actual game. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you played it before? Yeah, I played it a little bit. Uh, I like the it's got like a single player campaign and stuff, yeah. which is a really good onboarding um, situation. But I don't really like it ultimately. Yeah, so it's I don't know. Like, I'd like to get in and check it out at some stage, but it's basically um, it's it's not like a carbon copy of of like Hearthstone like it's got so many different mechanics in there and the the whole lane situation I found which, which was interesting was like you put cards down on a certain side of the screen and only they can sort of attack that side so this whole there's this whole like strategic thing that's going on there yeah. um, and then when you get hit by the other player uh, you then pick up cards as well so it's kind of this like you know you're doing like damage to people but also you're giving them cards at the same time to sort of combat what they can do next um, which was really mm. interesting. We had uh, an Australian um, in the tournament as well, and he, um, I think he did pretty good. So that was fun. I watched a bunch of that. And um, 
Yeah, that was great. So, and and then basically, I guess uh, later that night was they did like a um, like a welcome to um, QuakeCon. They did like a VIP party. And it was at this giant like nightclub down the road. Um, and we get in there and there's food and drinks and whatnot. Um, and we're sort of chatting to a bunch of people that are around the place. And uh, eventually, like, devs start walking in. So, like, Todd Howard was there. Um, Tim Willits was there. Um, like, some of the, the Avalanche guys from Rage were there. And yeah. um, so, that was fun to just kind of mingle with them and whatnot. And we, uh, we eventually... We're all sitting around this table and this is like this DJ that is being dr- like playing music the entire night and nobody like the dance floor is completely empty. So we decided to jump up and start dancing and whatnot. And so we get on the dance floor and, you know, we're pulling some sick moves out because, you know, we're, we're all right. And then like five minutes later, slowly other people start coming on the dance floor and, um, like there's some Americans that come down and some Europeans and they're all fucking like, they're loving like all the Australians and they're thinking we're the best because we've like kicked off this party all of a sudden. And the DJ is like loving us and he's like taking requests now because like this entire night, nobody's been doing anything. So now he's get he's getting fired up. So yeah, they, they, they completely love this. Uh, we end up leaving that party. Um, and then they had uh, like shuttle buses that took us back to the hotel and we're like singing songs on the shuttle bus and fucking once again, everybody's loving the Australians like we're the best. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, that, that basically that night was pretty fucking good. We had a lot of fun. Um, and that was kind of like our warm up night of being like, oh, we're here. Let's have a little bit of a celebration type thing. And then, uh, I guess QuakeCon started and that, um, that morning, we got a look at, I guess, some of the things Bethesda's working on. Um, did you watch the entire sort of keynote panel or just snippets of it? Just uh, just jumped in for the Doom bits. The Doom bits. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, we, we get into this um, panel and it's, you know, there's thousands of people in there. We got pretty good seats. We're up the front um, in front of one of the screens. It was basically split into like three rows. You had... Um, a row in the middle where the couch was, or sorry, the stage was sort of sitting, and then a row on each side of that where there was a screen on each side. So we were up on the right-hand side in front of the screen, which is good because we could see everything really easily. And um, so, yeah, I guess uh, like Pete Hines sort of, sort of comes out, addresses everybody. Um, eventually, they bring out, like, uh, they did some rage stuff with Magnus and Tim Willits, and they, they did this whole joke about how, Magnus is a fucking giant, um, a giant yeah. Viking, um, sure. which he is. He's like six foot eight or something like that. I'm not sure. He's huge. He's he's a big dude. Um, so we got to we got to see a bit more like rage, the car combat stuff, which, which is cool. I saw a little bit of that when I was over there in May at Avalanche, yeah. but this was definitely um, like a different style of like a different faction or something like that. Um, yeah. Of the car car combat, which is something I, I spoke to them about because I didn't realize that that was a thing. Um, so they they showed a bit more of that car combat stuff off, which looks yeah interesting, looks cool. Um, and then they showed like an extended gameplay trailer of the Eden um, Space Center attack, which is what I've I played back in May. Um, yeah, man. So I don't know. It looks it still looks good. I'm still excited for it. Um, it wasn't like a whole bunch of new stuff, but well, for me anyway, maybe for other people it was, but yeah, looks all right. Um, they talked about some like Elder Scrolls Legends content and like Elder Scrolls Online. Um, uh, but I guess like the big one was 
was Doom, right? That's the that's where yeah. they came out, Marty and Hugo. And um, yeah, man, I, I thought they did such a fucking good job of presenting that. Like, it was super casual. Um, they're in a room with just basically id fans and you know quake and doom fans everybody was going insane over this trailer um or gameplay trailer and um i was kind of not expecting the amount of stuff that they were show that like they, they ended up showing but so they sort of showed that first gameplay trailer and then just kept coming back like with for more stuff so that was pretty cool yeah. um but yeah man like everybody was losing their minds in there it looks like they've sort of taken quake and just toned it up to like an, a completely other level like it's so much faster now with the things they're doing with their i guess movement capabilities on on like what doomslayer can do now um yeah. giving him like that new weapon like the new super shotgun with the grapple on it um the yeah the meat hook stuff and giving him like dashes and and double jumps um yeah it looks looks so much quicker <laughs> which is crazy um yeah did you did you dig it what were your thoughts on it? I think it looks fucking awesome. I mean, yeah, I I watched the the six minute trailer. Yeah, uh, like the six minute gameplay trailer that they did. I'm like that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm about it. Like, yeah. you were messaging us, and we're like, "What are you talking about? It looks fucking sick." Um, yeah, it looks fine. Uh, and yeah, I didn't say it to you guys, but I'm like mentally i'm like why the fuck are they playing this like why are they demoing this shit on a fucking controller you can tell it's being played on a controller in that fucking gameplay trailer they put mm. because of the way the cursor moves around like the way they look around at stuff yeah uh, it's not like quick movements it's not snapping across to targets it's like sweeping across and uh i'm like this like this looks cool it definitely looks like uh i don't want to say they took my criticism on board, even though I wrote uh, a, I wrote that criticism on the biggest website in the world, um, uh, biggest games website in the world. But uh, yeah, they definitely uh, definitely feels like a lot of the stuff I complain about is being fixed. Maybe it's a coincidence, whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm like, uh, but at the same time, hmm. being demoed on a console, man, and you guys are like, what the fuck are you talking about, like? Have you not watched the keynote? I'm like, I watched the fucking trailer they put out. What are you talking about? And you guys are like, yeah, watch the keynote. Jump on the keynote. And they're like, oh, um, so obviously you want to see it get played on PC, right? And it's like a completely different game, like 100% different game. And you can actually see in the the mouse and keyboard play yeah. uh, sort of like what they're actually going for. Like you can see a little bit in the gameplay trailer, but the fucking pace it's so quicker uh, oh my god it's so much quicker and yeah you watch like, that first one and you're like yeah all right this is quick <laughs> this is pretty quick and then they yeah, bring out a mouse quick. and keyboard and it's like what the fuck is going on this is it this is my shit he is like i don't think he it's like the floor is lava and he's just gonna fucking meat hook swing himself around at all times or some shit it looks spectacular uh and yeah that looks awesome i'm about it like 
remember my Doom review, right? My biggest complaint was the kill chambers, right? You were constantly thrust into these rooms, these small rooms, uh, and then challenged to kill every demon before you're allowed to move on. Yeah. Uh, it looks like they're still going to do that, but the, the size of the chamber yeah. has been expanded significantly. And the other thing is, like, the problem with the kill chamber is that the most efficient way to kill everyone in a kill chamber is to run backwards, is to, like, move away from them because of the way that AI works in Doom and because of the the weapons that you had available to you, um, your best best option was to move away, uh, continuously pick up health and... uh, Sorry, not health, ammo and stuff, and just, like, chip through the enemies until they're all gone. Kite. Basically wanted to kite everyone. And... Moving from one room where you kite everyone to another room where you kite everyone is just super fucking dull. And anyone who, like, the other, like, the bad thing was, like, the whole fucking thing was it's supposed to be about rip and tear, hmm. which is forward momentum, whereas the most efficient way to play is backward momentum. And uh, so I had, like, massive problems with the actual, like, the what they were saying they wanted you to do and what you actually wound up doing, they just didn't fucking gel. Yeah. With the meat hook, uh, it seems like that's not the case anymore. Like, you you are actually incentivized. It, you, it, it will be far more efficient for you to actually use the meat hook mm. to travel towards enemies. Yeah. Because uh, you can do damage with it. You can, like, you can still shoot while you're moving. Uh, it gives you... a an amplified like ability to dodge uh incoming fire and stuff because you're moving so quickly like yeah the reason moving away was the most efficient way to play it right like the they tried to incentivize you by giving you the executions right and the executions would give you health back but if you're never losing health because you were successfully moving away and dodging uh incoming fire then there was no reason to actually execute because you'd never actually fucking like it wouldn't result in any increased health. It'd just be health drops that you couldn't fucking use because uh, you won't take any fucking damage, right? Yeah. At best, an execution was a surefire way to shut down an enemy. But most of the time, if you had, if you'd seen all the animations already, you just it wasn't wasn't the way to play the game. Hmm. Um, this like by using the meat hook to actually travel fast distance uh vast distances like suddenly yeah it, it won't be super efficient to run away because you will similarly not be taking damage while moving towards your enemies uh and you'll be able to use like it looks like you're able to use a bit of air control to actually like modify how you move around yeah. uh, the arena which means yeah like they're actually melding rip and tear with the best way to play the game. And that is pretty exciting to me. I think that looks fucking awesome. And then they did the, they had the fucking invasion shit where you get to invade your friends. And I'm definitely all about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think yeah, when, when that came up, it was like invaders invasion incoming or something. I was like, oh, okay, what's this? This is interesting. And then the moment you saw like the name tag above someone, yeah. I like turned to the other, like the person next to me and was like, there's fucking other people in this game. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And you can party up and hunt people down and shit. Ah, oh, yeah. it looks cool. It looks cool. I'm definitely yeah. going to fuck people up. And so they're doing that. And um, 
and like at that stage they take a break again and i'm like oh, okay cool they're done <laughs> and then they come back a third time with more gameplay um and this time they're on i think it's phobos and they they've got yeah. like the big bfg bfg 10 was it 10000 yeah um, something like that it's like this planet sized bfg gun and it's sort of just m- melting something i don't know don't know what it's melting yeah. but there's something over on that screen um and, like, people are fucking freaking out at this stage in, in like, the room. They're going nuts. And then this yeah. is kind of, like, the first time that we get to see sort of Doomslayer interacting with other people in the world. Because, um, yeah. obviously, this is set back on sort of Earth and whatnot. Um, and they're, like, yeah, just, like, them, like, people walking around this station and, like, them being shit scared of him. Um, and he, he caught- there's that moment where he grabs- like the dude by the neck on his key card and just sort of yeah. drags him across and scans him. Like they're still doing for that, going for that humor of in the original game where it was just like, you know, do this thing and it's just him punching a computer screen. Um, they're just going for that sort of same style again, which is pretty funny. Um, yeah. and I guess from there we get to see the new plasma cannon, like the bit more classic plasma cannon, um, which is good. And mm-hmm. and then it ends with showing off um, a new villain. Uh, oh, sorry, new monster, um, which is from Doom Two, right? And and he basically <laughs> breaks out the sword at the same time, uh, which I yeah, we'll see how that sort of plays out, right? Because no fucking idea what's going on there, but looks awesome, yeah. man. People were again losing their minds in there. Yeah, it was a it was a good fucking intro for the game. It looks really cool. Like, yeah. They did a good job. A good job. Yeah, game looks sick. Um, I'm excited for it. Uh, no release date. I'm guessing next year. Um, I mean, my guess yeah. definitely not this year. Yeah. No. Um, but Maybe it looks February 22nd. Fe- February twenty second. Yeah, could be. Um, <laughs> I think this will be their ten pole next year release. Yeah, by the sounds of it. Um, so yeah, it was a really good showing. Um, and, and it's cool to see them sort of go back to that uh what i do know is i I, sp- I did speak to them about like the um marty and hugo i spoke to them about sort of how that changes the like these new movement things with with doomslayer sort of how that changes the environment and they did speak about how they're able to do like more verticality with it and, and that sort of thing as opposed to these sort of small contained areas so yeah that's good um and also the multiplayer it sounds like there um there will be some sort of multiplayer in the game aside from the invasion stuff because i thought it might have just been all right they're, they're ditching the multiplayer and they're going with this invasion system but no it sounds like they are they've actually got other ideas for multiplayer um and the other good thing is that they're making it this time it's not an external studio that's doing multiplayer because that was um i guess one of the weaknesses of doom 2016 was the multiplayer side of it not that great yeah like definitely one of the the big weaknesses it seems like they're getting rid of snap map as well which i don't think is a good idea i didn't love snap that but i thought it was I, like i liked what it was driving at you know i thought i liked what it was getting towards uh yeah i don't know uh, definitely good that they're working on multiplayer though like trying to trying to build it out in in some way to make it more I guess what people expect from Zoom, uh, and then at the same time trying to surprise us with different ideas and stuff. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, the 
cod, the half cod, half quake shit that was in Dune 2016. Hmm. Just never do that again. Please and thank you. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, hopefully it's better step forward this time. Um, yeah, man, so that was kind of like the the Friday, um, pretty low key in terms of stuff I needed to do. I, I went and basically had an interview with um, Marty and Hugo after that reveal. Um, so I got a chance to talk to them. Uh, went and took a look at the show show floor and the BYOC area. So basically, BYOC area is uh, bring your own computer, uh, which is just mm-hmm. this giant land. I think it's the biggest in North America at the moment, wow. about 5,000 people. Cool. Huge area, like tons and tons of computers. Um, did a walk around, looked at some of the people that sort of deck out their uh, computer cases, lots of spinning lights and that sort of shit. Some really clean computers in there. Like you look inside and you, you think about like, where are the cables? I, I just can't see any cables. Um, I yeah. saw one with, a, it was a fish tank with fish in it. <laughs> that was pretty what? crazy. Um, but yeah, man, like everybody just having a good time. Lots of people playing all sorts of different, lots of Monster Hunter. I think it just came Monster out. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, a lot of people playing Monster Hunter. Um, people playing PUBG, people playing Quake, um, Rainbow Six Siege. Um, didn't see a lot of Fortnite. <laughs> um, yeah, man, just like a lot of variety in terms of games that people were playing. So that was cool. And they, like some of them have like their own clans and they've got banners set up. Um, they have like projectors set up on the walls and just like a really cool vibe everybody's super super nice like you come up and talk to them out of their pc and they're really excited yeah. to talk about it and you know how they did it and what they you know what's inside of it and all this sort of stuff so like a lot of care um some of these people put into their uh, computers and it's like mixes uh guys and girls or you know spread throughout it's not just a room full of dudes so that's kind of cool um and uh yeah they got tournaments happening they had like a, f- a pc area set up for people that didn't have like people like me that were just wandering in um and they had like quake running on them so you just jump in and play quake and whatnot so yeah man it was a pretty good vibe in there and then the other side was like a exhibition hall where they had um like merchandise and uh uh some bethesda games like um you could go in there and check out rage right sorry rage 2 you go in and check out the new stuff with the Elder Scrolls online. Um, they had sort of panels going and that sort of thing. So, yeah, um, I went and checked out. I might as well talk about it now. I checked out um, some VR stuff. Um, oh, yeah. I played the Prey 2 uh, Escape Room, one of them. And, um, yeah, man, it's basically you're inside Prey 2 Escape Room in VR. In VR? Yep. Can anyone do that? Like, could I get it? Because I got a VR. Thing I feel or? like you could. Uh, it, I, I, it's. I think it was part of the Moon Crash stuff. Maybe. Really. I'm not 100 percent sure what was going on. Um, <laughs> but anyway, like, it's it's actually pretty cool. Like, I had a lot of fun playing it, and they, the guy that was with me, because I I sort of got snuck in in between an appointment because you could only play it at appointments, and he was like, "Hey, press." Um, so I had like 10, 12 minutes to quickly play through this thing which normally takes quite a while so he's helping out a little quite a bit just kind of giving me an idea of what you're supposed to do and you, you right. sort of start off and you're you're in like you're in no no you're like in an office and there's just <laughs> stuff everywhere and you can interact with things within the environment you kind of kind of just got to figure out what you're supposed to do um yeah. there are like uh whiteboards with notes on them um there are things on tables there's a um a recycling 
uh, what were they called? Recycling machines, I guess. Stations, yeah. Yeah, stations where you put things into it and it spits out those cubes and then like, what do you do with cubes? Like that sort of stuff. Um, so I was picking up cups and like fucking throwing cups across the room and just doing all sorts of crazy things. Like that's what you do in VR, right? You do stupid things. Um, so yeah, that was actually really fun. I enjoyed that quite a lot. It's this cool, like sort of short experience, but at the same time, sort of unique to VR. Um, so that was, yeah, I, I dug that a lot. You should definitely check that out because, um, it's cool. It does the teleporty thing though. Um, you're not moving around the room. You can still like, um, like duck like I was picking things up off the floor like reaching down and picking them up so I'm not like stationary there was one stage where the dude was like you might have to jump to get this part and I was like nah it's cool I'm pretty tall and I just sort of reached my hand up in the air and I, I did the, the thing um, so you can still move around and whatnot, but you're teleporting and, and as somebody who's never played a a VR game before where you teleport um, yeah. I picked it up super easy so it yeah. wasn't hard at all, which is cool. It's good. Like, I, th- I think teleporting is a, a decent way to, to solve it. I mm. mean, not, not everyone has fucking room scale shit where you can walk everywhere um, or a warehouse like what I played in last week with Ventus. I did Ventus VR. Um, but yeah, the budget cuts game that I played um, on my Vive, that's all teleporting and it works good. I think it's good. Yeah, man. Good fun. solution. Anyway, yeah. Good solution. Um, and then, so, yeah, that was pretty much that Friday. Um, Saturday was my big day. A lot of work to do on Saturday. Um, and they had, uh, I think we started off with, I did an interview with Ricardo, um, who was the writer and designer of Prey, which is pretty cool. So, I was talking to him about uh, awesome. their new, um, new multiplayer mode that's coming out. Sweet. And sort of things about like prey in general and Mooncraft. so typhoon hunter is the new one that's coming out and it's, and it's basically a asymmetrical game where you've got one person is morgan and you've got a bunch of other players who are mimics and they they have to sort of gang up and try and get rid of morgan um and they can change into objects within the environment um and yeah cause a nuisance to him so going into this <laughs> interview I had no idea what was going on because we haven't seen anything about this mode. Um, there was a panel on later on in the day about what sort of was happening. So we didn't get, we, we, I bet we basically got in and I'm like, so what is it? <laughs> Type of thing. And he gave us a rundown about it. Um, it sounds like they're still a bit early into it. Um, cause there's a lot of decisions in there that they're not too sure of. Like I asked them about, um, in-game communication sort of how that works like is it sort of like deceit where you can talk to not only yourself and other people and and that sort of thing and sort of playing with the ideas of how you would communicate and if you could um how sort of matchmaking will work and lobby systems and whatnot so it seems like they're still working on a lot of that stuff but it seems like a really interesting game mode um they're gonna have a bunch of different maps in there um and uh yeah if it is received well then they're going to keep updating it so I'm did really played suicide survival I I did I asked him about that um I he went back towards more the Gary's mod right um mode and I prop something prop hunter yeah prop hunter yeah, yeah I think that was the one I'm, he, I don't know, he hadn't played deceit either I don't think I asked him about that um 
fucking giving him some homework. Yeah, giving him some work to do. <laughs> but then, like, it was okay. Like, I talked to him sort of. It was a roundtable interview, um, which most of these interviews were with the exception of a few that i'll talk about later um and yeah so talking to him about that and sort of ran out of we had like an hour or 40 minutes to talk to him and then um one of the people that was there hadn't played or hadn't finished the original prey and and i was sort of asking him questions about um some no i think it was oz games asking a question about the ending or like his interpretation of the ending and one of the other media people got uh, like a little bit upset I was like oh I'm gone because I don't want to know about it and, and we we're like yeah fuck alright that's cool see ya <laughs> and they left um, so then we did like a little retrospective on Prey which is really cool um, with yeah. the, the guy that fucking wrote it <laughs> um, and sort of I asked him about like the start of that game the opening sort of how that evolved and if it was always set out that way um, you know if things changed or because I thought it was one of the best openings we've had in a video game in quite a while um, it was pretty impactful and then, um, yeah, just talking to him about, like, elements of Prey and, and sort of that sort of thing. Awesome. So, that was cool. Yeah. Um, after that, I think we went and did the um, Fallout panel, Fallout 76. Oh, um, yeah. Did you watch this one at all? I didn't. Uh, I am listening. I'm just going to go with this. Um, right. Talk through it. All right. Talk through it. So, basically, um, I'm going to bring up my my uh notes because I'll, I'll forget a lot of stuff uh but yeah basically they had uh three developers up on stage um obviously they had todd howard um the game director jeff gardner who is a project lead and chris meyer who is a development director and it was a q a where they had um uh, another bethesda employee up on stage and basically asking fan questions about what fallout 76 is because we've We've heard a little bit about it, but there are so many things in there that we just really don't understand as, as of yet. And, um, yeah, man, it was actually really good. They showed off some, um, like, a lot of new systems in there. I guess the big one was the the card system they played a, a lot of focus into. The um, sort of and how that fits into the special, which is uh, strength, perception, endurance, charisma, intelligence, agility, and luck, um, which is how you level up your character. And so you basically, as you level up in the world, you get these cards and the cards have um, like different characteristics of them. So, um, for example, there's one here called Through Hiker. And basically what it does is food and drink uh, weights are reduced by 60%. I think it says here. (laughs) I'm trying to read it. Um, And there are like hundreds of cards apparently in the game and they all do different things. And how much does a pack of cards cost? Oh, I was I was hoping you'd ask that, Job. Um, I don't know. Because I was thinking the same thing when I got there, but mm. I don't think it's going I don't think they're gonna do it. It'll fucking they'll get destroyed if they start selling these cards. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um it's, yeah, I did see the news about the cards and stuff and that's all I could think of was yep. how much is a pack of cards gonna cost. That's what I was thinking about when I was sitting there. I was like, they can't do it. There's no way, right? They'll they'll just get eaten up alive. It just doesn't sound like something they do. But yeah. Yeah. Um so you've got these cards and you they're sort of interchangeable. You get them as you're you're leveling up. You can sort of it's like you get to pick the cards that you want to put in the game, but every couple of levels you get a, a card pack. 
And in that card pack, it gives you um, a couple of cards that you maybe wouldn't have selected. And um, and so that sort of allows you to experiment um, with like a different sort of layout of your character and your build and play with that. Um, right. So they went into detail about that and sort of how that works. Uh, I guess charisma was one that was pretty interesting because in RPGs generally, charisma is all about like talking to people and, and um, you know, getting getting your way around certain situations rather than just shooting at them by talking to people or bargaining to traders and that sort of thing um but for a game that's entirely online multiplayer like sort of how that works and they Mm. talked about how it sort of is like a buff to your team and it it makes their cards better and that sort of thing so you're kind of like a team leader per se um but there are also cards in there that allows you to play solo as well um which will give you sort of different types of buffs um so yeah that's still something that could be really interesting um but anyway we'll see how it sort of goes um player versus player was interesting pvp stuff uh we get an idea of sort of how that works and there are things in here that i'm not a fan of um but we'll go through them i guess so the way you initiate pvp is you you basically you can shoot somebody within the world and rather than doing full damage to that player it sort of scales down and does like chip damage um and until you turn around and shoot that like if the other person is like all right i want to do pvp and if they engage with you that's when all bets are off and full damage kicks in that's how that works um if you end up killing the other player you get a reward based off of their their level um and, and that's usually in terms of experience and bottle caps um mm-hmm. if you don't want to engage in pvp with that player say they're just fucking pinging at you i don't know from wherever they are um they can still kill you by doing chip damage uh what will happen then is if that person is killed uh you are marked as a wanted murderer you don't get any experience you don't get any bottle caps but I, f- I i believe you get their gear so you can go in and take their their shit um after you're marked as a wanted murderer on the map you'll be um marked as a a murderer and you'll be like a red star on the map so everybody can see that uh you'll be (laughs) you'll be marked um with a bounty on your head and that that bounty actually comes out of your pockets your pocket in terms of uh your bottle caps so if other people come and kill you they get that money so that's how that system works (laughs) it's a bit strange um that is super strange yeah it's sort of it's it's like they're i don't know they're de-emphasizing sort of the idea of people going in and just murdering everybody i I guess that's that weird system of like you have that issue with sea at these where like why would you not do anything but just be a fucking pirate and shoot everybody um whereas this they're trying to do something a little bit different with it by saying all right if you don't want to engage other people you don't have to but if they kill you um then that kind of they're fucked a little bit um and it's kind of thing like all right well bring it at me maybe i want to be a wanted murderer my crew wants to go around and just shoot people now that could be a bit fun um because basically the entire map you can see everybody in the world and sort of where they are it's not a precise location but it's like a, a rough sort of like they're around this area um and then it's basically what happens is when you become a wanted murderer you can't see anybody but they can see you and it becomes this whole like whole deal um which 
seems interesting, but I've got to see how that sort of plays out. Because yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, you can also block people so that if, for example, we keep <laughs> going after the one person, uh, yeah. they can be like, "All right, I want to ignore." Um, I want to ignore that person. They can block them so that never happens anymore. They can sort of just play on their own and whatnot. There's a, a pacifist flag option so that you can not do damage to other people. Um, what they found was happening was people were trolling other players by standing in front of uh, enemies within the world, like PVE enemies, and then triggering the PVP um, and then shooting back at people. So they've uh, they've put a marker in there for that, which is interesting. Um, the way bases work is... Basically, you'll build a base and you can blueprint that base so that if it gets destroyed, you can quickly rebuild it or you can quickly re- relocate that that building. Because um, you don't want to like spend days building this fucking mansion and then all of a sudden someone nuke it and then not be able to do anything with it. Um, so it'll still cost resources and that sort of stuff, but your layout will still be saved. So you can quickly be like, all right, well, this is how I had it set up. And you just got to go gather everything and set it all back up again. Um, so there's some, still some stuff there in there that's uh, a bit iffy. Uh, what else is there? Vats is coming back. Um, and, How does uh, Vats work? It's real time. Right. So uh, rather than uh, stopping the game, I guess, or slowing down the, the game. Yeah. Um, and that'll be, wor- that'll be based off of your perception stat. So yeah, it still still works apparently. And um, the other thing they talked about was they're, they're definitely working on servers and modding. Um, they, in fact, they the quote was they're hundred percent committed to solving that problem. So yeah, that sounds really cool. I'm uh, interested to see how does modding work on an online game. Yeah, in Fallout. Well, I guess they'll have if they end up having servers, dedicated servers. Right. Oh, sorry. When I mean servers, I mean private servers, so people right. will be able so, to mod the game and make. So their it's own more server. Arc than it is Daisy. I'm not sure. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah. It's more Conan than Daisy. We're not getting the Daisy game, even though it's Yeah. But again, like we don't know what private servers entail. Will it be a, a something you could run on your own PC? Will it be something that a service Bethesda offers through Azure or something like that? It's still sort of unclear, but it, they said they're definitely doing it. So that'll be cool. Um yeah, and they, they just showed off a little bit more gameplay, uh, but most of it was sort of this, uh, like, how the card system works and how interacting with other players sort of plays out. Um, the panel went for about an hour or so. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. It was cool to sort of learn a bit more about it. It seems like there's still a lot we don't know. Um, like, I- I'm curious to see sort of how sort of quests play out and that sort of thing because there aren't any NPCs in the game all the other players are like all the other people in the game are other players so yeah I'm still curious about how that happens um but yeah man I, I'm keen to jump in the uh the beta which is happening will apparently be uh part of the full game so you'll be able to carry yeah, your progress over, right? cost, yeah. which is super smart and that's great um and that'll be happening I think in October right was the date I saw yeah yeah, yeah it's October yeah yeah I don't know it, it seems interesting uh, I'm still curious to see how it all works uh, and if it'll work because, yeah, it's their first sort of no, like, fallout look, multiplayer I, I game. I think Bethesda's going to put out something that is, like, fucked from yeah. the get-go. Uh, 
I'm sure, like, I'm sure it'll have appeal. I'm like 100% sure it will have appeal. I just fucking can't picture it for the life of me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But anyway, I'm I'm excited to run around with a group of people and just cause problems for others, even if we're all marked as wanted murderers. One hundred percent. Yeah, seems cool. Mm. Um, so that was cool. Uh, a lot of people excited about that game. And then what I do after that, I went and did some uh, elders. Oh, I interviewed Pete Hines. Um, did a one-on-one interview with Pete Hines, um, head of Bethesda marketing VP, that sort of thing. Uh, talked about legends and uh sort of how that's going because they've just recently changed developers on that project um within the last couple of months uh Mm -hmm. talked to him about esports um and sort of how that is going with sort of their approach to esports because they had a big uh elder scrolls legends tournament going on they obviously had quake going on um so i asked him like you know how involved he is with the esports side of it and did you you watch the quake yeah, watch bits of Quake. Did you see the Aussie game? Uh, was that- saying there's there's like a fucking one of the characters in Champions now can deny all damage to the front. I think he's so, got a shield. No, oh, that's ridiculous. How the fuck does that work in jewels? Like they just these I'm not are the, sure. these sorts of fucking abilities work in massive teams, but if you have to split up a pair. And then somehow, like, you've got to have one person distracting the shield. Like, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. Let's just continue to feel like they haven't thought fucking champions all the way through. I don't know. They're loving it, though. It sounds like all the players fucking love that game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else did I talk to me? I talked about Hearthstone <laughs> and Dota. Uh, Dota's new card game. Like, I basically asked him... If he likes sort of, I guess because like Hearthstone is the biggest card game out there, right? On PC and, and sort of how, you know, if, if he likes being those games being compared to Legends or would he prefer it to be standing sort of its own, its own two feet? Yeah. Um, and so, sort of like, what makes Legends unique? You know, is it the lane system, that sort of stuff, and how they feel about sort of Dota bringing lane systems in a card game? And yeah, I yeah. got him got him rolled up about a few things, which is good. Um, nice. Then I went and played Rage 2 again. Um, did a capture on that, which I will be able to release uh, next week. Cool. Game footage for that. Um, I went and checked out Elder Scrolls Online Merkmeyer, which is new um, stuff that's coming out. Uh, I can't talk about that until... Oh, no, I can talk about that now. Yeah. Um, yeah, some new, new stuff coming out with that one. I, I haven't played a lot of Elder Scrolls uh, since it came out. Um, but I'm keen to jump back in because it's always like it always interested me that that idea of Elder Scrolls but an MMO um, and I had some really interesting experiences playing that game the the first time around like the, the different ways you can sort of approach um, like the like solving problems in it and like completing quests was was really interesting I thought so it wasn't just like okay. go kill 10 of these things it was like you could talk to people about it and you know that whole idea of sort of playing it the way you want to play it uh, which is cool um i did a rage 2 interview with magnus again um yeah spoke to him about a bunch of stuff I- i'm like 100 percent sure that the main character is a it will be customizable yeah. um i spoke to them in may about it and um 
it, basically it's a fully voiced character and uh, during that the video that i saw they were interacting with one of the other players and it was a male character fully voiced and whatnot his name was walker and i asked them back then like you've got this fully voiced character but is it possible that you can play as a female character or somebody else um and at that stage they basically told me they're not gonna something they'll talk about later on <laughs> and right. um and then during this uh this gameplay trailer they released they they referred to the player as your character as opposed to saying like walker i think it was like walker hail like your character hails from vinelands or some shit like that as opposed to them saying hey walker is your character walker it was really weird wording um so i asked him about that wording like why they decided yeah. to go with that wording and he was like we're not talking about that right now we'll talk about that some other time so i'm like convinced that walker is not just a like a character you're like his story i think it's a it's a the customizable character or you'll be able to choose a gender that's what it sounds like um yeah and i kind of talked to him about sort of how the feedback for e3 went and those like what they've sort of taken um and sort of started implementing in the game so that was cool he's a good dude um he's he's a giant fucking viking man so he's he's fun yeah uh played some more elder scrolls blades um which is their upcoming oh, right, yeah. mobile game mobile game yeah um yeah it's interesting like i need to play more of it i like from what i've seen so far it's not super hard like it's it's pretty basic you're just sort of um going through dungeons and then killing monsters like you've got a soul a sword and a shield and some spells um things will attack you you need to sometimes block with your shield other times you'll be like uh attacking with them at certain points in the game like sometimes they'll thrust forward and you can hit them at that stage sometimes they'll be leaning back and you can't like if you try and swing nothing will happen um like it seems pretty basic at the moment so i'm not sure how deep that actually goes but yeah i don't know it seems interesting um and then i spoke to some guys about quake champions and sort of how that's going um because they announced that as a free-to-play game now you can jump in and play it Um, but it's still in early access which is Mm -hmm. really confusing but i know like the from what i've played recently and i think nate when i was talking to nate he said the same sort of thing it's definitely turned around it's a lot better than what it was when it first released it feels a lot more solid um like the netco is definitely a lot better and it just feels more like quake which is good um yeah so yeah i spoke to them for i spoke to him for like an hour the um the pr person that i think was supposed to come in and be like yeah it's done maybe left for the day (laughs) it was this poor dude just talking to us about quake forever i felt bad for him (laughs) (laughs) um and i actually asked him because remember one of my complaints about that back in the day was you had indicators above enemies heads and i thought that was really weird um because that's not something that was in previous quakes and i asked him about that sort of like the design decision behind it and why that's in there um and he he gave me an answer about that so i'll have an article going up about that um and i talked to him about like mod support because like i grew up playing cpma and ra3 and um it sounds like they're definitely wanting to do mod support but it's something they want to look at after the game's out um so they're not like saying no at the moment yeah. which is cool um yeah and just a bunch of other things so that was that was my busy day um a lot of stuff going on that day which was pretty cool 
Yeah, sounds busy. Yeah. Um, that was most of... Yeah, that was pretty much my last day there. That was my... Like, we had a day after that, but it was pretty much like there were no no panels on that sort of thing. But yeah, it was good. That was my Saturday at uh, QuakeCon. Really cool event, man. Like... It was just sort of this, I guess, same sort of the vibe that you get from BlizzCon, right? It's just people that really enjoy the yeah. games that these people make and being able to interact with um, developers. Like, the amount of times I saw Tim Willis just walking around, um, either at the hotel or at the convention, um, like, excluding the VIP area where I was sitting uh, up at the you know doing interviews and the media room and that sort of thing like team just casually walking around taking photos of people chatting just all that sort of thing is really cool um for people to just sort of do that sort of thing i didn't see todd howard walk around too much i feel like maybe he would get mobbed a bit more mm-hmm. um i don't know but, but yeah it's still cool to see like you know like at one stage magnus was walking around really late at night and you know i, I quickly said hi to him yeah it's just a lot of fun a really cool vibe going on over there yeah awesome that's good um and then i didn't talk about the craziest thing that happened on my quake trip you didn't no um so during saturday i think it was saturday or it might have been friday i think it was saturday yeah um i got an email from somebody and um basically inviting uh me to their house um for drinks and just to hang out and whatnot. Um, mm. And that person was Christy Pitchford, who is the wife of Randy Pitchford, um, the head of Gearbox. And it turns out... Getting pretty cold. Yeah. T- t- well, no, it was basically like, hey, hey, friends, um, we're having some, some drinks. Feel free to come around. You don't need to RSVP. Um, you know, come to Randy and I's house and, and just hang out and whatnot. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This is nuts. Anyway, um, yeah. And so, like, a couple of the Australians also got invited and we were, like, pretty confused as to what was happening. Like, starting to ask people, like, what is going on? But this is, like, this has nothing to do with us. This isn't us at all. Like, we, we don't know what's going on. Um, and it turned out that, like, it's... They put on like a sort of like a small party every year like they did it last year at QuakeCon um and apparently Christy was like oh the day before or like was said to Randy like oh we should have another one of those QuakeCon parties and basically tried to get a list of people like they could invite um and they'd heard that we were pretty fun (laughs) from that uh that last party like the Australian crew was really fun um so we ended up getting invited to the to Randy Pitcher's house to hang out and (laughs) <laughs> have food and That's drinks awesome. so we we get there um it's pretty low-key before you go on before you yeah we go on uh they luke and nate messaged me on facebook <laughs> with, i guess where we're going tonight i said uh i don't know and nathan said randy's house uh and um i don't know what the fuck oh yeah right and i'm like randy and so, uh, yeah, it looks like, oh, yeah, we got invited yesterday. I'm like, who's Randy? Because I don't fucking know. Like, there's a fucking billion Randys. And, like, I thought I was getting set up for, like, you know, Ligma. You know, fucking yeah. 
Ligma balls. I thought that's what, you know, who's Randy and fucking one of you cunts would be like, me, I'm Randy. Your your mum's Randy. She's always Randy. I'm like, you fuck. The best Uh, part is Nate and I weren't together at this time. We were just, we had that mind thing going on. We were fucking with you in different locations. It's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, here we go. They fucking teared me up. And then, um, like, you just, you went like dead silent. Like, just fucking. No reply for hours. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. And, uh, and then you, you posted a picture uh, with uh, a Borderlands thing on a shelf. I went, oh, Randy, Randy fucking pitchfork. Um, yeah. And yeah, Nathan, you don't you know a Randy in Dallas, Job? <laughs> I'm not even at QuakeCon, you huge cunt. <laughs> fuck. A bit, oh fuck! What a what a what a car! Yeah. Anyway, so we Sorry, no, you, were, you were saying so we, you went to- so we get there and it's this giant fucking mansion. Like I've never been in a house this big. It's huge, um, and uh, Christy's in there in the kitchen, like making food and whatnot. And you know, I said hi. I met her um, many many years ago. And I think it was Pax, or I'm not sure. Sure, I, I can't remember where it was. It might have been. Uh, for Duke Nukem or one of those things but anyway I, I just said hi and whatnot um and it's pretty low key like there's not like I was expecting <laughs> I don't know why maybe like 150 or 100 people there but it wasn't it was maybe like 30 pretty smallish not a lot um and so they've got food and drinks on the table and we're just like gobsmacked because this place is enormous there's there's like the roofs are huge it's, there's it, everything looks amazing um yeah. and so we start talking to people and it's sort of just like random sort of gaming people there's people like a couple of media people there's a couple of like industry people um mm. the, the the guys that make cyanide and happiness were there um which was weird <laughs> like just a strange mix um yeah and then anyway so eventually we're, we're about a 40 minutes goes past still haven't seen randy um and anyway, we're we're looking up on the balcony and this fucking clown is standing up on the balcony, like waving at us. And we're like, oh shit. <laughs> Something's yeah, about yeah. some yeah. crazy shit is about to happen. Um like what the fuck is going on? And yeah. <laughs> people are like, is that Randy? Like, is he dressed up? Like, what's going on? Uh and then so like another clown appears, like a lady a uh, lady clown, and then she's like waving and, and doing whatnot. Eventually, there's like fucking uh, like a bunch of entertainers come out and whatnot, and then uh, at some stage, like I went outside and was like looking around the house because it's why not? It's huge. It's this huge house. Uh, he's got this enormous pool out the back, um, and then eventually I come back inside and 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 Randy was walking around talking to people and whatnot, and you know I said hi and that sort of thing, and eventually he's like, oh, do you want a tour of the house? Like we'll show you around and whatnot, and so he starts like talking about like designing the house and like what he did when I like figuring out how to, where to put things, that sort of thing. And then he, so he starts taking us around and he takes us upstairs to like his gaming room. Uh, it's his like giant fucking room with three or four TVs in there. And like, like he's got a, he's got his own console. Um, his wife, Christy's got one. He, his son has one. Um, and they're like, they all play games together and whatnot, like super decked out, huge couch. Um, and then he like he takes us into like his bedroom and he's showing us around his bedroom like oh here's where all the magic happens because <laughs> for people that don't know he's like a he he's he does a like he used to do magic 
um, before he got into game design. Um, and he still does do magic. And and uh, eventually he, he's like, oh, here's my walk-in, <laughs> walk-in wardrobe. And that's where Nate and I took the photo. And he's like showing us around all this stuff in there. And then he fucking opens up this like hidden door. And it goes into like this other room. And it's like, there's like a, a like a fucking poker table set up and a bunch of chairs and whatnot. And he's like, oh, I do. I can do like private magic in here and whatnot. And so people start like fucking shuffling in this like tiny, tiny ass room. Um, mm. And he's like, do you guys, and someone says to him, oh, show us some magic. And he's like, oh, I wasn't really prepared for this. And he like pulls out a deck of cards from like his pocket. Um, and then he starts showing us magic for like five or 10 minutes, which is, which is pretty cool. And he's like fucking super good at it. Like, I think we've, he's shown us magic before when yeah. he's been around at events and we've just casually been talking to him and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and he continues to, like, show us around um, his house and whatnot. And then eventually, uh, they at, at some stage, they lead us into, like, a, another room. And it's, like, a, it's like a, basically a theater set up. Um, right. and, and this is where, like, he, he starts telling us stories about how, like, they he puts on, like, magic shows, like, two or three times a month um, for friends and, and, and family and gets people around and different entertainers from around the world to come in to perform for each other um and he's talking about how like two weeks ago like david blaine was staying at my house and like his friends like obviously pan and Tello, he knows like that sort of things and just all these stories that um this is like a hobby of his and and what he does like in his spare time and and like this wasn't an event to come around and so let's all talk about video games he just kind of wanted to get some people around and entertain them for the night um and then so he puts on this fucking magic show for everybody and like all the clowns start coming out and they're doing all this crazy shit and like uh there's people coming out with like uh <laughs> they're doing like uh stuff with uh, hula hoops um okay. dude comes out with like a bunch of basketballs and like he's juggling um yeah man and just like this goes on for like an hour and a half meanwhile like sort of in between each act every once in a while randy Pitchford comes out and he's like doing magic and um like really fucking cool things uh and so this yeah an hour and a half later it finishes like everybody's like i was grinning the entire time because i'm a i love magic i'm a big fan of it um yep. like one of my favorite shows is like pen and teleforce i watch it all the time um yep. so i'm i'm like i was so fucking stoked to be sitting there watching all this stuff happen like my mind is just getting blown because i don't know what is going on this is like one of the craziest things i've ever done yep. um yeah and so like that finishes and then he's like and and yeah and then eventually we all start mingling again and whatnot and like i'm talking to one of the other dudes that was in the magic show Uh, his name was like diamond jim um and i was with one of the uh the twitch streamers and we were just talking to him and he starts like oh you know he starts showing his magic like right in front of us but the thing is he's like fucking he's like he hold this invisible deck and he's like got his hand out and he says to me all right now pick up the deck and start shuffling it and whatnot like I'm like, all right, whatever. And so I'm like yeah. shuffling this fucking invisible deck in my hand. And he's like, all right, mix up the cards. All right, now fan them out. And he says to, uh, it was Nacia, she's a Twitch streamer, like pick a card. And so from this invisible deck, and so she picks a card from the invisible deck. And then she's she's like, all right, yeah, I've got a card. And he's like, all right, and I'll show him what the card is, but I can't see anything. Sure. And um, she's like, all right sure we're we're just we don't know what is going on and um he, he's like all right do you know what the card is and she's like yeah it's like pick it in your mind and whatnot and then she uh she's she's basically <laughs> says 
right, so sorry. He basically says, all right, now put the card back in the invisible deck and give sure. it back to me. And he does this thing. Eventually, he fucking pulls out like a real deck and he fans it out. And there's one of the cards that is turned around. And um, she says to him, sorry, he says to her, what was your card? And she tells him and then he fucking turns the deck around and the card's there. And that's when I left. I was like, I'm fucking out. I'm leaving. <laughs> I don't know what is going on. Like, is she in on the joke? <laughs> I literally walked away. I'm like, I'm going. I don't know what the fuck. I'm going to find Randy. Now, thank you. I'm out. I don't know what's going on. This man's a demon. <laughs> yeah. He's insane. Idiot. I'm like, it's an invisible deck. There was nothing there. What is going on? She pulled a card out of, like, her mind. Um, yeah. And there's a- was she freaking out, though? Because maybe you were in it. And you helped shuffle it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. See? Uh-huh. I did talk to her later on. She's pretty... She didn't know what was happening. Um, and then so I found... we. I was talking to, to Randy again and he was... Uh, when we did the first tour, he, he said he's got a decompression chamber. Um, right. And so I'm like, what the fuck is decompression chamber? Yeah. And then so we go upstairs. It's what Joe Rogan jumps in whenever he's taking DMT. Yeah. So we we go upstairs and I'm like, all right. And he brings his son out. We, who his his son, by the way, really nice dude. He's very young. Um, he he showed us around his bedroom, which sounds weird, but his weird. bedroom is like out of fucking Bioshock, man. It's decked out. It's so sick. Um, and he's got like a bunch of. He looks after like reptiles and whatnot. He had like tarantulas and scorpions and what and that sort of thing. Um, and like he's. He fucking loves his dad, man. Like, he wants to be just like him. He wants to be a magician when he grows up, um, which is really cool. And so, he, nice. he brings his kid over for this decompression chamber. And he's like, yeah, get in there. And chucks him in. It's basically like this glass door in the wall. And uh, he starts flicking switches, Randy, on, on the um, on the wall. And the lights sort of come up. And you can see his, his son standing in there. And he's like... Randy's very good at giving, like, talking and telling stories and whatnot. So, he's he's yeah. talking about this decompression chamber. And eventually, his his son sort of, like, fades away. Like, you can see him standing there, but he sort of slowly starts to disappear. And then, um, eventually, like, Randy's still talking and whatnot. And he, he opens a door, sort of walks into this chamber. And he's like, look, he's, he's not in here anymore and that sort of thing. But we'll bring him back now. And then- like fucking Eye of the Tiger starts playing or something like that. And like, <laughs> and I'm like, I said to him, what happens if your son doesn't come back? Like, do we tell everybody we don't know what happened? Like, are we all in on this or some shit? <laughs> and so <laughs> he ends up, um, he ends up like flicking the switch and whatnot. And the lights come back on and his son's not there. And then like his son appears from behind us, like in a fucking side <laughs> passage somewhere and comes walking out and shit. Oh, um, just really <laughs> like, his house is basically decked out for magician shit. Um, That's awesome. And then he's, like, telling us his story, like, earlier on about this, like, how the the house is haunted and it was built on this whatever. And Nate said to him, oh, can you tell us about that story and whatnot? And so, then he drags us to, like, another part of the house and it's, like, a bar. And he's telling us his story and it goes on for, like, fucking five or ten minutes. And eventually, like, there's this whole gimmicky thing where a bottle starts floating behind him and starts pouring some water and whatnot. But just, like, really cool shit that's set up in his house to just- For him to tell stories and, and to entertain people. Um, so cool, man. Oh, my God. Nate and I were just- We didn't know what was going on. Like, it was the weirdest thing we've ever done. Um, but at the same time, we had so much fun. So, yeah, that's my story. I went to fucking Randy Pitchford's house and he did a private magic show for us. That is amazing. 
Yeah. Nate basically was like, I don't need to go on any more trips because I'm never going to get this topped. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that was super nice of them, like to invite us over, um, yeah. Randy and, and Christy to, to their house and just chill out for the night, man, and have drinks and, and put on this private show. And yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It was so, so much fun. Um, and they're like the other people, like the YouTubers and that were like, does this always happen? We're like, no, this is nuts. Like, but don't know no. what is going on. Yeah. Bananas. Um, so yeah, man, that was, that was a lot of fun. That was so much, so much fun. And that's sort of my, uh, my trip. It was pretty good. Yeah. Sounds like it was pretty good. Yeah. I had a really good time. Got stacks and stacks of content. Um, like some of it started going up already, which is cool. And, um, yeah, man, just to sort of experience that, like the, the whole community side of, of like QuakeCon and that sort of thing is, is, is a lot of fun because not something that I usually get to go and experience usually like, oh, go to this convention and like your E3s and that sort of thing. It's not, and PAX is completely different as well. Again, like it's not that sort of vibe. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's really cool. And I dig it. I thought it was great. Cool. Yeah. Any other questions? Um, no questions. One, maybe one day I'll get to go. Uh, no. Yeah. He did no, make a. <laughs> he did make a joke at one stage about Borderlands Three. Like, here's a guy that, uh, like PR people do not like him because he he doesn't know how to keep quiet. He yeah, always making a joke at one stage. Some good scoops over the years. Yeah, we we like we weren't talking to him much about. But he talked a bit about how he plays Sea of Thieves with his family and that sort of thing, but. Yeah. He seems pretty hardcore into that, but we won't like give us the scoops on all the games types of things. Um, but there was a part during one of the magic shows where one of the guys had to like pick a page from a book and Randy was like, yeah, I've memorized this book. Like I can tell you like what the next fucking next numbers on this page are and all this sort of shit. And this went on for like five minutes. And one of the guys that got picked was an Australian uh, uh, content creator. And, uh, <laughs> and it turns out that the the trick went a little bit wrong at some stage and he was like fucking media are always trying to screw me over because <laughs> he realized <laughs> that the trick had gone wrong but it, but it, but it was so suspenseful like he played it he played with it so well because i was asking him later on like was that part of the, the trick because you, you sort of like i wasn't sure and he's like no that was like legit that's the first time that's ever gone wrong but he's like now that i know that that can happen like i know for next time and also like we were saying like, no, nah, that that was like so good the way that was implemented because it felt like it was part of the trick, and yeah. so now like okay. he maybe he's able to implement that at some stage, which is kind of mm. cool. Anyway, so he'd be stoked as as like a as a magician, he'd be stoked to like have uncovered something. Yeah, right? exactly. And have have covered for it well enough that people aren't sure, you know. Yep. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, man, it was kind of cool to just get see a different side of him because I've, I've interviewed him a bunch over the years um and uh yeah like on occasions he's done magic stuff for us in like weird yep. like at the fucking manor bar and stuff like that but yeah bar. yep but not in his freaking house <laughs> no yeah um so that oh, was super awesome. super nice of him sick yeah cool um, and uh, it says here on the list that you've also played Bloons TD Six. Yeah, so we were trying to figure out what to sort of do while um, we were traveling and whatnot because we had a, a long plane flight, 
Talk and through. I'll be right back. One of the guys is playing Bloons TD5. There's apparently a lot of them. And um, if you haven't played this, it is an old school, I think a congregate game um, that eventually started off as like your, your, like, your towers are, are pretty much just monkeys. And the monkeys have uh, different abilities. Um, the basic form of monkey is like a, he'll throw darts out. And there are paths set up throughout the, the environment that balloons follow. And the idea is to pop all the balloons before they get to the end of the, um, the path. Otherwise, you take damage. Um, and uh, as the game sort of progresses, there's different colors balloons. Um, they've got some of them will have layers on them. So you've got to pop them in a certain amount of times before they're completely killed. Um, there are balloons that can only take certain damage from certain types of monkeys and like this whole thing going on. Um, yeah. And so they're up to like six now. And I was like, all right, well, I'll check this out. This dude sounds pretty good. Um, it seems like there's a lot of things going on there. Like there's a lot of different types of levels. Uh, there's challenge modes. Um, there's things like you can have the the maps go in reverse. Um, there just seems to be a lot there. But the the parts that I've played so far, sort of like the beginner levels, are pretty easy. Um, I pretty much just need to rely on certain types of monkeys to get through it. Um, yep. There are like leveling up mechanics in there. So the more you use a certain type of monkey, um, the more experience you get. And then you can unlock certain abilities for them. Um, there are like hero monkeys in the game now. <laughs> there is uh, like just like a currency system where you can buy um, like drops that happen. Like, oh, I want a quick like cash supply. So you drop a crate of cash and it'll come through. There are support support buildings now um where like some of them will make your monkeys be able to shoot further or quicker um there are like uh support buildings where you can get more banana sorry it drops bananas which allows you to buy um more monkeys like there's this whole fucking like, it has evolved quite a lot since i've played the original many many years ago um but yeah it starts off it's super basic I- i'm sure it gets a lot harder as things goes on but i'm sort of I've sort of figured out how to beat the game pretty easily at this stage. Right. I think once it starts running a bit more of the challenges, like, hey, you can only use these types of monkeys, or, yeah. um, you know, now it's going to be throwing harder balloons at you and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm not super deep into it. I played a, maybe three hours on the plane. Um, but it seems cool. Seems all right. Plays well. And, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, like, it's definitely an interesting tower defense game. Um the other thing is we played tricks tricks on our uh our uh stewardess, which was fun. Um okay. so we were sitting up on um we were in a premium economy and they've usually got it's a small area of the plane. They've usually got a couple of people up there sort of walking backwards and forwards and getting things for you on it. And I was sitting next to Nate on the way back and um at one stage, one of the ladies walked past and s- said to Nate, like, oh, do you want anything? And he was, oh, can I get a bottle of water? And she walked away and, and came back with a bottle of water for Nate. And he, he started drinking it and she walked off. And then uh, he put the bottle of water away and got out an empty bottle and put it in front of him. And she walked mm. back about 10 seconds later and saw the empty bottle, bottle and was like, oh, she grabbed it. And she's like, that was quick. And Nate was like, oh, no, no. I pulled out like the other bottle from behind him. And sort of showed it and say, like, oh, it's one from before. And then so she grabbed the bottle and walked away. And, and I had an empty bottle sitting next to me. So I, <laughs> I grabbed the bottle of water and just put it on Nate's table. And then he he realized what was happening and started laughing. 
and then we both kept a straight face and she walked back like another 10 seconds later and looked at it <laughs> and she picked it up and she's like you guys are playing tricks on me <laughs> anyway so that was pretty funny we figured we should have kept empty bottles the entire flight and did it like right at the end yeah damn it yeah next time um but yeah man cool trip i met 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 a lot of cool people i think everybody that was there was super chilled um yeah there was some yeah like everyone is super super nice out of the australian group we got a lot of content out of it um we had like a whole hashtag thing going on it was, it was a lot of fun so yeah it was good except at one stage fucking bethesda um i think tagged us at in like a photo in one moment and my twitter notifications just went nuts for like a day and oh, a half yeah. straight because um, yep. they've got like 1.5 million followers or something mm. um and then i couldn't use my phone for a while so that was good. <laughs> yeah 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 i think they were praising the aussie contingent you're all posing in your corvette <laughs> yeah uh, team corvette jerseys yeah yeah so team corvette was there who was playing in the the jewels for quake and uh they were super kind and got some t-shirts made up for us um with like our gamer tags on the back so they didn't have to do that but corvette were really cool about it which is fun i saw yeah. some people that were pretty jealous about that uh yeah i can imagine mm. so yeah um yeah cool and uh yeah sound like you guys had a pretty good trip well, you you were doing these poses this like uh, look i don't know man <laughs> <laughs> I'm seriously not going to explain it to me. Is it internet meme? I guess at some stage, and someone did it, and then it was just a thing. We just carried it through. Why not go the whole way? Well, alrighty then. Yeah, the prayer hands. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. We, we were just having fun. Like we were there. Yeah. To obviously work a lot, all of us, but at the same time, yeah, you know, not all serious the entire time. So it was good. Cool. Um. Yeah, man, that's all I really played. I, I guess you've got some games here that I'd like to talk I do about. have some games here. Hmm. Uh, let's see. There was World of Warcraft. Uh, but let's talk about No Man's Sky first, actually. Let's talk about No Man's Sky. Uh, I think I'm done with this game. Um, yeah. Probably done with it. I just... There's... It's one of those things where, like, so I played it, I talked about it last week quite a bit, but, uh, and, and I was having fun. I was playing with Heath and, and Drew. Heath's like a fucking savant in this game. He, like, every every mistake Heath makes in, in, in is, like, due to some, like, insane oversight on his own behalf. But, um, yeah, like, we were just, you know, we've been cruising around getting good ships, and uh, I was playing with mods. Uh, that makes the game play better. Um, but yeah, I just found myself like reach a point where I was just doing the same old shit over and over. I think that I did talk about it last week a bit, uh, the stories that people were telling on Twitter hmm. and, uh, these unique experiences they're having that I had very quickly and, uh, realized that they weren't terribly unique as experiences go and it sort of killed the magic a bit for me. Um, yeah, so I'm probably done. I just don't have any drive to jump in and fuck about in that world anymore. There's just, it's just, I don't know. There's just not a lot that I feel is really going on. There's just no depth, right? It's deeper than it used to be, certainly, but it's still about as shallow as a fucking puddle. Hmm. And, I'm, you know, you, you 
making money to buy a new ship that will allow you to make some more money that will allow you to buy a new ship that will make more money, whatever the fuck. And it doesn't really matter. There's no actual purpose. Uh, and, like, playing with the other guys is about it. But as always, you know, a game being fun and co-op doesn't make the game good. And, yeah, so that's basically it. I'm done with No Man's Sky. Cool. Um, but it was fun for a week. I, I think you were harsher on it than I thought. I think the... Did you not start the, on, like, a shit planet six times straight? Uh, I did start on a shit planet. Uh, I started on a shit planet three times straight, uh, and I was playing in survival mode, which mm. is significantly more difficult, more challenging than fucking... Um, regular mode uh, so I was just getting fucked on constantly but uh, yeah the podcast before you went to QuakeCon you were like super harsh on my shit because I'm still playing almost a hero as well and I actually like it and it gets pretty fucking deep like you were you said you know you're done with it pretty quickly but there's some shit going on here like it gets this it goes weighty beyond just the once you get to like level 250 or so just takes a while uh there's some shit going on and it feels pretty good almost a hero yeah yeah that's the game that you were like "Ah, i don't really i don't don't really think much of it what level uh i'm 232 at the moment i think i was getting around 150 and i was like yeah it's like yeah you gotta push a fair way you gotta like these trinket things and then there's, I'm like three away from side quests, I think. Yeah. But are you finding it hard to get gear though? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's probably the, the worst thing about it is that uh, you got those free chests. Yeah. And uh, if you don't get the gear for the characters that you want to play as, you sort of railroaded into playing as other characters. Yeah. But uh, if you do those, the alchemy, the, the pot. Yep. If you do that, um, like spend shitloads of, of gems into that, uh, upgrading. So you want to buy as many slots as you can. You can buy extra slots, which I didn't work out immediately. And I think I pissed away a lot of fucking gems. Upgrading. So I've got 12 slots at the moment. I'm being used. Uh, what? In the, in the alchemy? alchemy yeah. And most of them yeah. are purples. Yeah. So you want way more than that. You want to spend, basically, if you get fucking blue gems, spend them to unlock more slots. Uh, I've got, what, 5, 10, 21 so far, and I'll have 22 soon. Uh, and you want to upgrade those. Eventually, you get a couple, you'll get a couple that are, um, they lower the refresh on the free chest. Mm. And so that you can get, I've got it, I've got every hour and I think 20 minutes now. It's no longer four hours, it's an hour and 20 minutes, so I can get a new free chest. And it really churns through the fucking rate at which you um, get those fucking uh, items. And yeah. that's how I managed to actually unlock the fucking items for the characters that I wanted. Because uh, otherwise, yeah, waiting four hours is pretty fucking bad. But yeah, so unlock more slots and upgrade the artifacts. You want them to be about 1,000, mm-hmm. like, rating. And, uh, and then, like, you'll definitely start to see a... That's your, like, those things are your number, alchemy is your number one way to actually progress through the game. Uh, You get so much more out of that than any other fucking thing in the game. Uh, Items don't mean fucking squats compared to that. 
because the uh, bonuses you get to gold and damage, global damage, mm-hmm. just fucking it shreds every other fucking way of of increasing your characters. Uh, and then, yeah, if you can get the chests cool down, speed up, yeah, you'll be well suited. You'll be well positioned to actually get the items that you need. Uh, and then you spend those. You want to hold on to like basically you want to pick two characters and upgrade them. Yeah, like you want to upgrade their items and then upgrade them as characters because you get massive bonuses. Uh, yeah, pick two and use them. I recommend the fucking dude who fires apples because uh, he is, he's got like area effect damage so he can like clear out waves really fucking quick. Uh, and he has the ability to, uh, when he does damage to an enemy, he gives bonuses to everyone else who's playing with you. Hmm. So you're able to use him to really boost the damage output of your entire team. And if he's doing a lot of damage as well, then you're able to use him to like sort of clear waves and stuff like that. So you use Apple Guy, uh, Kind Lenny, I think his name is. Uh, so upgrade him if you've got the items to do it. And I go with the dude who has a shield. Like yep. he shields himself, big fat guy, yep. uh, belly or something. Um, I've upgraded him as well. And the reason I do that is because he has an ability where if he gets attacked, he's cheaper to upgrade. Right. So the more times he gets hit, the cheaper he is to upgrade. And then the other thing about him is that uh, he has that ability where he can actually shield himself to not take any damage. So you combine those two things and you've got one dude... Oh, and he taunts as well. So he'll shield himself, taunts, and so they'll only attack him. They won't be doing any damage. You're upgrading him because, you know, obviously he gets cheaper to upgrade and you find yourself in a situation where Lenny is doing a shit ton of damage, making everyone else do damage. He, uh, Belly or whatever the fuck his name is, Benny, I don't know. Uh, he's doing, he's taking all the damage. He's taking all the damage for you. And then you just use the other three to sort of support you. The chick with the weasel, mm-hmm. um, it like makes fuck tons of money. Like fuck tons of money. So if you get her going, um, like your, your money output per game, like just fucking skyrockets. Uh, so you get her leveled up as much as possible, but don't actually like improve her with items and stuff. Cause she's like functionally worthless. She doesn't do enough damage, but if you just have her in your crew, right, you basically down a player, but the amount of money she brings in makes it worth having her there anyway. Yep. So she's good. Uh, and, um, who's the other one? Um, the chick with the hammer. Use the chick. With, I use the chick with the hammer, right? Because uh, she gets eventually gets this ability where, when she kills an enemy, um, she's cheaper to upgrade. So I don't, I don't really upgrade her all that much, uh, like in terms of items. But I do keep her up to up to snuff, basically because eventually if you allow her to get out in front of everyone else, like mm-hmm. out in front of Lenny and, and Benny or whatever the fuck. Lenny and um, Benny. Lenny and Benny. Um, she, like every time she hits someone, she'll make it cheaper to upgrade her. And so you get to a point where you're just fucking churning through cheap upgrades for her 
uh, and she's a couple of levels in front of everyone else, which means she's generally a couple of levels in front of where you are. So you just smash through, yeah, smash through the, the levels real quick, which is good. And then uh, I use the the sword gun, the the default sword gun, because fuck it, whatever. Yeah, I, I think my biggest issue is that there's not like in these games you you kind of want to know how much damage you're doing. And it doesn't yeah, really do a good indication. You got to go like the main screen to sort of be like, "All right, this is how much team damage I'm doing, or this is how much team." Oh, I'm right, doing. yeah, yeah. No, that is tough. But you can see like per hit damage. Yeah, it is hard to see otherwise. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I fired it back up. I'll because uh, the thing is, it's pretty hard to play without an internet connection. Because um, it does the whole. If you're not on the internet, then it doesn't keep playing. Yeah, right. So, usually, like, you can idle it in the background and it'll you come back and be like, all right, this is how much gold you've got and these are how many levels you've advanced. If there's no yeah. internet connection, it doesn't do that. Um, yeah, I guess right. it's a security thing, but, yeah. So, I did not touch it much at all the uh, last week or so. But I, I fired it back up now. We'll, we'll jump in and see how far we get. I'm at 132 at the moment. I've definitely got a lot higher than that. Um, yeah. Looks like 150 was what I was at last time. I should hear that quite soon. Power through. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's good cool. game. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, okay. What else we got? Uh, Black Ops 4, the beta was on, the PC beta was on on the weekend. Yeah, while well, so I was away. I've been playing it. Uh, I played it a fair bit. On PC or Xbox? On PC, obviously. Uh, yeah, it's fine ish. There's parts I like, parts I don't. Um, my my biggest complaint, I think, is that uh, it's got like a you got 150 health now instead of 100, and so the, the idea was to like lengthen the time to kill mm-hmm. a little bit, uh, not by heaps, but a little bit to give you a bit more survivability. And they're taking away um, you don't regenerate health. Uh, you now have to actively, like, use an item to regenerate health. Right. Um, so if you take a gunfight and then duck away and regen, then uh, like, and you'll you'll get your health back when you decide, not like after you've hidden for a certain amount of time. So it's supposed to ramp up the action a little bit, but uh, by the end of the beta, by the end of the beta weekend, all you saw was people using sniper rifles. The sniper rifles are still one-shot kills, which is the dumbest fucking shit I've ever encountered in my entire life. <laughs> Not the idea of a one-shot kill sniper rifle, but the idea of lifting the fucking uh, health meter to 150 and then still having sniper rifles as one-shot kills, especially on PC, right? It's so obvious that this game is balanced for fucking console. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's so obvious. Motherfuckers don't even scope right? Because you, you don't need to on PC. They're running around like every single person, except for me, because I refuse to give in. Every single motherfucker was rolling around with a sniper rifle with a reflex sign on it. It was some sort of fucking, not an actual scope. And so they just fucking ping you. And it's, it's a one-shot kill from wherever the fuck. So if they hit you, you're done. 
It's uh, one shot to the chest. But, like, fucking hell, man. Like, how the fuck are you going to make that kind of fucking play? Of course, it's super easy to put together on fucking PC. Everyone can fucking do it. It's... It may as well be fucking Instagib. You may as well have made a fucking Instagib game out of your fucking Call of Duty. Fucking morons. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, the, by the end of the beta weekend, the game was fucked to death. It was just not worth playing. Uh, if you didn't want to play with Sniper, if you don't want to play Instagib, basically, you, there was no point playing on PC, uh, which was dumb. Super dumb. Uh, but there's a lot of potential. There is potential in there. I think the fucking, the way that they're tr- treating health regen is really cool. It, it actually gives you, like, incentivizes you to um, think about your health. Uh, I bound it to one of my mouse buttons, uh, like bound using it to one of my mouse buttons. Yep. And it felt like you were, like, I, like, I'd be able to push it right at the, like, as soon as I got the kill, I'd hit it and I'd be back up, like, going back up to full. I'd be ready for the next fucking engagement. And it meant that I was always moving forward um, unless I was uh, playing the objective, like, unless I was in an objective mode. And, I, like, for me, that's what I tended to prefer. I did, I played one round of TDM. Uh, I found it as boring as I always find it. Um, so, yeah, I was mostly playing... Um, what was it, the objective mosh pit? Uh, so it was like, I think it was hardline mm-hmm. and domination. And um, yeah, it was good. It was good fun. Um, you, you always felt like, I've, I did notice that I, I got put on teams full of dickwads who refused to play the objective. We lost a couple of rounds because my teammates would run through the hard point and on to try and find enemies to kill. And I'd be standing there like a fucking idiot when like four four fucking enemy team players rolled up on the fucking objective and I'm standing there like, well, I guess I'll defend this on my own. And obviously my fucking teammate dickwads are roaming around the map trying to find fucking kills. Idiots. Uh, it's got like a hero system. It's far more reminiscent of um, Rainbow Six than it is of... Overwatch. Yep. Uh, there's, there's, it's not like any loony. Um, like a giant stuff. shield in front of you. Yeah, there's no giant hamster wall or whatever the fuck. Um, instead, yeah, it's, it's far more low key. You can boost your teammates' health at one point. Um, what else did I have? I had like a trip mine, which felt like a super shitty um, way to play. I wasn't a fan of that. Um, the one I landed on the most was uh, the dude who has uh, barbed wire, and you can put barbed wire down. Uh, basically, I think it's one once every sixty seconds or something. And the barbed wire, you have to shoot your way, like you have to destroy before you can move through it. Because if you try to walk through it, you will die. You take too much damage and you die. Which again doesn't make sense to me what's the point like obviously it takes a while for you to die but fuck me you should be able to move through it without dying take it down to like a beast stick of health right for sure but you should be able to get through it without fucking dying this why are, why is there 150 health this like honestly i don't understand i that the the time to kill in the game is so small. Mm. The difference that 150 and 100 makes is fucking negligible. Like, absolutely pointless. I don't understand why. It's like they changed it to 150 and then they scaled every fuck, everything up, like everything's damage up by 
150% or something. So there was literally no, functionally no fucking difference. Absolutely moronic. I have no idea. Anyway, you chuck it down in a choke point on hard point uh, or on domination. And it's like, it's perfect. You know where people are coming from because you get like an indicator that you're, that you're getting points for the damage. Yeah. Um, you get a couple of kills when people just try to jump through it anyway. Um, like, yeah, you get an indicator when it gets destroyed. Like, it's it's a whole fuck ton of information. It is a really good idea, I think. Uh, it's obviously too powerful, but it's a beta, I guess. Uh, they have to check. Like, that's that's why I haven't said it's a beta, so I understand because there's so much that I have to change. There's so much that I feel like. They just made a mistake with, but mm-hmm. anyway, it is a beta. They can rebalance it, uh, and they definitely need to. Um, yeah, I guess uh, the other thing he's got like a, another ability, uh, which is a wall. It's a microwave wall. Um, so it puts up this wall hall, and you put this in a choke point, and anyone who runs in front of it, uh, about fifteen meters in front of it, takes damage. And it puts out a fuck ton of damage. Yeah. And uh, you basically shut down an entire avenue of attack. Um, and it's it's like your ultimate. So it's not like... I don't think it's overpowered because it is an ultimate, but uh, it's just going to be interesting to see how this character in particular works. In, uh, it's basically going to be mandatory, as far as I can tell. If, if, if he's... Like, if he is the way... Like, if he reigns as powerful as he is... Yeah. Uh, in competitive play, because they play hard point quite a bit, I just I think holy shit. Yeah, you you have to have him. He's too powerful. Uh, the ability to shut people down is, is too grand. I got like most of my uh, best rounds using him, just fucking ripping up. Um, not like not even like people who start shooting the fucking barbed wire and I'd come around the corner and they'd be reloading. I just like, you hear the reload fucking, they're going, they're trying to kill the barbed wire. Too easy, baby. Couple of kills. And yeah, it's still, it's got score streaks because it's a tray art game. It's not kill streaks. Um, so they work out pretty well. It seems like it's more than three kills for UAV. It seems like it's like just shy of four kills, which is, I think a bit too much, but I think that might be the Treyarch tradition. I'm not sure. Right. Uh, it does. It definitely incentivizes you to go for points rather than fucking kills, which I definitely, I'm definitely all for. Um, me sitting on the fucking hard point with my barbed wire, just capping points, like earned me a couple of streaks, which was good, and got me a little bit of time when my teammates were roaming around trying to get fucking kills or whatever. Um, what else? The map designs pretty good it seems it's pretty symmetrical but they are doing lanes as opposed to the fucking honeycomb stupidity of fucking infinite warfare and stuff like that like i i 100 think lanes is the best way to go about call of duty fucking map design uh it's less opportunities for campers to fucking camp it up uh what else uh, nobody talk. Oh, fucking control. Control's their new esportsy mode, uh, where you've got limited amounts of lives. Uh, you attack, then you switch sides and defend. 
Um, yeah, that's the that's the esports mode. And uh, I played a single game over the course of the week, weekend, a single game where the losing team didn't immediately basically abandon after they lost the first fucking round. Yeah. So the next round had to be played with... Imbalanced uh, teams. <laughs> yeah. I Like, literally one game had that. And it was the fucking closest game, and it was awesome. Uh, it went all the way down to the wire, and it felt really cool, and I was all about it. Um, except I guarantee you they're going to fucking chicken out and they will not punish leaders the way they should. And so it's dead in the water. People will go back to TDM. Um, yeah. Anyway. Right. Yeah, man. I'm still keen to check out for the um, the Battle Royale mode. I, I'm still Blackouts. curious. Blackouts. September true. comes out. The beta, I mean. Yeah, full game still like two months off. Yeah, but you'll be able to check out the battle in, yeah. in September, and I'm 100 in. Yeah, yeah. Um, want that battle royale? So, cool. All right, nice. you got one more thing here. One more thing: World of Warcraft. You're back in, uh, baby. I'm back in. Uh, are you in? Um, I haven't. Da- I haven't updated yet. I, I think I've got like another week or a bit before I even look at a video game. Right, um, yeah, Battle for Azeroth came out and I've been playing it. I've obviously been playing it for a little while, uh, but yeah, I'm back in checking it out. Uh, last week I was talking about how I was just completely lost as to what I'm supposed to be fucking doing. Yeah. Um, I was doing like dungeons, uh, but they don't earn you shit anymore. You don't earn fuck all from dungeons. They're completely pointless. They're pretty uh, much just for the gear at the moment, right? You don't even get gear. Really? I did the I I did my first dungeon in BFA and I didn't get anything. I didn't even get I didn't get I got fuck all XP and I did not get a single drop. There were four bosses and the other four people in my thing got the drops in in my Got the drops. Suck it down. I'll post a picture of my uh, of my SCADA, my DPS count, and I topped the team in DPS as well. So I didn't even. It's still just completely random. It's not like it rewards you for doing well. Uh, yeah, our healer did fucking fuck all damage. What a waste. Who's a healer? I don't care. I don't care. Um, <laughs> How much did you heal? Well, I was healing fucking tons. I'm a death knight, baby. So like. Fucking get the fuck out of here with this shit. Fucking god damn it. I was healing times. I was tanking a bit. I saved the fucking healer a couple of times because he kept fucking like blowing his fucking load and getting the fucking uh, threat yep. from the tank on ads. But still, uh, he was getting shredded. So I'd have to fucking tank the fucking ads a couple of times. Like... And I get nothing. I get fucking nothing for my efforts. It's ridiculous. Anyway, um, so yeah, fuck dungeons. Anyway, so I was, I was confused, uh, but I went and did the Battle for Azeroth, like, starter quest line. Because um, it had, like, an introduction with all the trailer, the videos they were putting out, like, introducing, um, like, the I guess the storyline of Battle for Azeroth. Yep. And where um, Sylvanas goes and burns down the big tree, Teldrassil. Ah, she's pulling yep. that uh, Yoda, Yoda move. 
yeah, the sacred texts. And uh, I was, uh, I, I did the quest line that sort of takes you through all of that stuff. It was pretty cool. Um, I enjoyed it, but I was sort of just going through the motions for ages until I got to Darkshore. And uh, when I got to Darkshore, uh, I got ganked. Nice. Like, what the fuck is going on here? But the the uh, the local chat in Darkshore was like flopping off constantly, and uh, yeah, the hordies were like, "Oh, has anyone seen any alliance?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I just got ganked." And they're like, "Where?" So I looked in the map, and I'm like, um, "Such and such down near." Uh, I can't remember where the fuck it was. Down below the nexus or whatever the fuck it was. Um, and they just swarmed. Like, suddenly there's 40 fucking hordies. Like, I get back to my <laughs> corpse. And, uh, yeah, there's, like, fucking 40 hordies, like, just fucking around me, pouncing on these three Alliance dudes who ganked me. Uh, and so they, like, they fucking, they camped their fucking bodies, too. Like, they were <laughs> sitting there... Because I was trying to do the quest yeah. uh, in the area to like get through to the end of it because it's it takes place further up the top. And I'm like confused as to why there is an entire raid of Horde players sitting in Darkshore doing literally nothing but fuck with these five fucking Alliance players. But they were about it. They were just And they just sort of like walked me through. Uh, they just sat there while I did all these quests. And they're like, oh, yeah, go here. Oh, come, come to me blah 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 and then uh, I finished off the quest line and uh, as I was finishing off the quest line they're like plane plane and I'm like what the fuck and they're like oh come to the plane uh, and I, I follow to the plane this is why they're sitting there um, by the time I finished the quest line I unlocked all the world quests in the area and I had this like a new mount and whatever but um, I go to the plane and it's got like uh, epic gear in it uh, it drops a crate, like the fucking crate in PUBG. Yeah. Uh, and whichever side gets to it first and opens the crate, anyone from that side in the area when it's opened can go to the chest and open it and get the gear. And this that's why there's 40 Horde sitting here. They're swarming this fucking plane. Right. And it comes every 20 minutes. So they invite it, like when I finish the quest line, they invite me to into the raid uh i joined the raid and they had like dbm up to time the uh, deadly boss mods they were using like the break timer mm. to time when the next plane was going to show up and when the plane wasn't around they were literally just swarming dark shore trying to find alliance to kill and it was awesome uh i cracked out my x53 um rocket which is a two-seater and uh, me and like a little squad of fucking hordies were just on patrol, cunting alliance players, like just fucking them up nonstop for literally no reason. They definitely I, like. At first, I'm like, why are there no alliance players in here? Like, this is they can get the plane as well. Eventually, I found out that basically, um, it's it's instancing the two sides so that you just you're just fucked up you just rolled natural ones you've critical failed if you're in the instance where it's all the other side but uh 
Yeah, once a once a side gets enough people in a raid group, it'll stop instancing them away, and so it's not balancing it based on that. The world PvP isn't balanced because every, like all the hordes are in a raid and all the alliance are in a raid. One time I loaded in and I was uh, I was sitting in Darkshore and it was like. 40 alliance so it might have been more it was crazy uh, i went to the fucking crate and there's so many fucking alliance and i dropped my um death and decay which is my area of effect hmm. um and then i jumped off cliff and uh died before they could kill me uh but i all it, all it did was like if you take any damage while you're opening the crate it stops the crate from opening and death and decay lasts for like 10 seconds or whatever so I just delayed them from opening the crate for 10 seconds. Right. So it was just a fuck you to the Alliance. It's fuck the Alliance. And, uh, yeah. So that was, uh, that's, that was how I found fun before Battle for Azeroth came out. Yeah. And then it launched and, uh, I've been doing the quests. Uh, they do way too much storytelling through walking behind someone. You walk fucking 80 times faster <laughs> than literally everyone in World of Warcraft. So I don't know why follow this person, especially because the follow slash follow doesn't work yep. on any of the people you're supposed to follow. So you just have to fucking walk there slowly. Like three steps, wait, three steps, wait, three steps, wait, like ridiculous. Um, and they just, yeah, they just yap the whole time. Uh, I guess it's one way to stop you from skipping through the quest text, but Jesus Christ, I'm not a fan. Um, what else? What else? What else? It's all voiced as well, is it? Uh, yeah, it's voiced, yeah, yeah. which is good. Yeah. It's impressive. But, um, yeah. Uh, I've just been sort of, yeah, flitting about, you know, leveling, I guess, as fast as I can. I want to get to level 120 so I can do end game stuff. Cool. Uh, especially because dungeons aren't worth doing until you get to the end game. Yeah. They're completely pointless. Uh, then you go back and do all the dungeons, I guess, to gear up. Um, but are you like enjoying it so far? Or? I like it actually. Yeah, like I'm in Zandalar or Zandazar or whatever the fuck. Uh, there's dinosaurs everywhere, so that's cool. Uh, you know, I like dinosaurs. I'm hoping I get a dinosaur of my own. I had a little baby Triceratops following me for a little while, but then it left as part of the quest. Um, I like. I was really getting into world PvP. Uh, I'm still always. I still always have my PvP flag on because uh, you get a bunch of extra like um, talents. Yeah, PvP talents, but they work in PvE and they're worth it. Like they're they're good. I got one that makes my army of the dead. They all like all the zombies that I summon in army of the dead form like Voltron into one giant fucking zombie and it's amazing and I love it to bits um yeah other than that uh I haven't seen any fucking alliance players since Battle of Azeroth started well I hadn't until like yesterday and I've only seen the one uh but we did go at it like I I think he was itching for some world PvP as well because uh the moment we saw each other we like dropped what we were doing and fucking started fighting and it was non-stop. It was like any time we saw, we caught the other one, it was fucking Gang City, baby. Uh, he was an Ice Mouth Frost Mage, um, which, pff, whatever. Uh, he got me the first time uh, by a bee stick because I forgot where I'd put my any magic shell, like my fucking... I forgot where I'd put all of my defensive talents. And so when I 
was at the graveyard, I fucking went through and made sure I bound all my good shit, all my protection uh, to somewhere that I could actually access uh, and then went back in on him. And uh, second time, well, the first time I caught him, like after he beat me the first time, the first time I caught him, uh, he was in the middle of the area's boss fight. Hmm. Uh, so I ganked him and then st- I needed to kill the boss as well. So I got a boss that I could kill at 30% of his damage, which was pretty handy. Um, it was not on rule at all. Uh, but then I just waited. Uh, it was down, a, it was in a cave, this boss, uh, and there was a tunnel. So I knew that he'd have to walk down the tunnel to get to his body. So I just sat at the mouth of the fucking cave. I'm like, let's do it for real, baby. Let's like, let's fight for real this time. I went ganky big boss fight. Uh, he, like, I waited there for like three minutes, and then I saw him running around outside. He must. I don't. I don't think. I'm pretty sure he didn't like graveyard res. I'm pretty sure he just like went somewhere else because he saw me sitting there, and uh, res by. Yeah, you don't have to res on your body. You can do it less. But you've got to be pretty close. You've got to be pretty close. But he must have gotten on top of the mountain or something to res. Uh, So, yeah, I saw him. And I'm like, fuck you, bitch. So I hunted him down and uh, caught him before he started a fight this time. Felt a bit better. I uh, I shredded him. He had some... He was, like, pretty fucking good. I didn't know mages had as many fucking... I don't know. I don't know if he was popping pots or what, but he, I had have him on a fucking bee's dick and he'd be back up at a quarter or a third health a couple of times. And that's, that's some Death Knight shit, right? Like, I expected out of me. I did not expect it out of a Frost Mage. There's something going on there that I don't understand, but uh, I, sh- I, I got him eventually. Um, I didn't even pop my Army of the Dead. Um, so when he came in, he came in while I was mid... Uh, like, I was taking on way too many enemies. Well, not way too many, but uh, a lot of enemies. And uh, he came in to try and gank me on the on the back end like a dog ass. I guess, I mean, it would be, you know, would be fair. I did get him on the boss, and he did have to go and do that boss again. But uh, still, he did try and, and snag me. Um, yeah, I did pop. I popped Army of the Dead. Uh Popped any magic shell and then popped Army of the Dead. So he literally, he killed all the ads, all the enemies that I was trying to kill, which was good. Um, and then I just fucking went in, like blew all my cooldowns trying to kill him. And uh, I managed to do it. He, uh, Frostmage is a pain in the dick. They are constantly freezing you. And <laughs> as a death knight, I've got like two fucking ranged attacks and everything else is supposed to be like. My main my main way of getting health back is uh is a fucking melee attack. So every time he runs away, I'm like I'm in trouble. But he did have a water elemental following him around that I was able to like cheese a bit of health out of, which was helpful. And uh, he'd have to try and like he was literally just letting the elemental tank me while he would like ping me from afar. But uh, I can I got that fucking. Death Strike, Blood Strike, whatever the fuck it is that gives me health back. And so every time he left the elemental there, I would just get my health back off it. Mm. And I'd chase him down and do him in. It was good. We went, like, I think we wound up going uh, 4-2 in my my favor. But 3-2 if we don't count me smashing him mid-boss fight. Which was good. It was awesome. I was happy. Like, 
I, if I was him, I'd be happy as well. We, like, it was good fun. It was, that's what I'm in it for, right? Like, I'm in it for world PvP, and this dude was about it. Yeah. So, yeah, it was cool. Nice. Yeah. I'll get into it at some stage. It'll take me, take me a couple of weeks, I feel like. Uh, yep. Well, yeah, let me know when you get in. Yep. Cool. Um, I, th- I thought I'd put down the Rainbow Six Paris Major because that started yeah yesterday day before a couple of days ago day before yeah yeah we've been watching a little bit of that um, The we've got an Australian team in there who is Fanatic we had an uh, had, had an Australian team in there <laughs> and uh, they're no longer in there they got knocked out during the group stages they did yeah which is a bit shit um, so yeah not as good as a performance from the Invitational which was held back in I think March um, when yep. they managed to make top 8 uh, this time was top 12 I believe so yeah yeah um, it's sort of interesting to see how the pick and ban phases have, have sort of been implemented and what people are doing with that um, mm. but yeah I don't know like it's been alright I've been watching bits and pieces of it not too much because it's on late at night but yeah, yeah whatever the game, the game against uh, Fnatic versus um, Ninjas in Pajamas, the second time hmm. was fucking awesome. It was like frustrating to watch because I think that Fnatic don't make enough adjustments. Yeah, like they don't adjust when something fucks, fucking doesn't go right. They will just do it again until it goes right. And there is like something to be said for that in terms of like. Uh, I guess shots, right? Like you, if if you're not hitting shots, keep taking shots, and you'll eventually find your form again. Like if you know you're a good shooter and you're just whiffing a couple of times, then that's not, you shouldn't stop doing it. But in terms of like major plans for a fucking map, right? If it doesn't work in one round, you have to do something different. You cannot just keep doing the same fucking thing because. It's clear, like you can't just play through that. There's not enough rounds for you to actually just power through. Yeah, you have to fucking change it up as soon as possible, and they just don't make adjustments, and it drives me bananas. There was one game, <sighs> yes, not yesterday, the day before, where they they came back and won six games straight. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> they, they they definitely like they they don't quit. They absolutely don't quit. Uh, there's no like it doesn't seem like there's any point where they're like well we've lost fuck it they are 100% effort it's just yeah frustrating when they just keep making the same fucking mistakes and it's like fuck me just change it up yeah anyway anyway um, it was good it was good to see uh, I love watching Rainbow um, I'm not 100% Sure, I like having teams play one side for five rounds and then the other because it does. I I'm, I think they should switch because it's not like Counter Strike. It's not like um it, like if you're not playing fifteen rounds, fifteen rounds is okay, or thirty rounds is okay, right? Uh, because fifteen rounds. If you win 15 rounds in a row on uh, on counter-terrorist, as unlikely as that generally is, um, like, that's that's indicative of domination as a certain side, and you deserve to have the opportunity to win a single round, right? If you win five, 
right? It's not as uh, indicative, uh, and and it can lend itself to um, general, I guess, a map being a little bit lopsided. But if a map is lopsided in one like one way or the other, then it does sort of feel like that's that that's not really on the team. Like when they won their six games in a row, right? That is super impressive. That's awesome. But it also is a bit of a like, well, that, you know, maybe that map is a bit unbalanced, hmm. right? And in Counter-Strike, they, yeah, they make up for it with, you know, they've got economy and stuff like that that they can uh, utilize to, to manage uh, the natural map imbalance, but that doesn't exist in, in Rainbow Six. So I think in, instead you're just giving whichever team takes the lopsided side first the unbound like the the side that the map is unbalanced in favor of first they will wind up with a natural advantage because the pressure isn't on them to win six rounds in a row you know the the pressure is on them to win a single fucking round and that's it mm-hmm. you know uh so i prefer if they switched sides each round I think it would be better for the game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I th- no I opinion? I think I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought I didn't realize it was five rounds. I thought I'd done another like two or three. Uh, no, it's five, isn't it? I'm pretty no. sure it's five. Yeah. Um, and then. Because it's first to six. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was two. Um, fair enough. What's like. What about the six pick? Is that. Because you seem a bit confused about that. <laughs> yeah, I still don't really understand how the fuck it works. Like, do both teams get to? Yeah, they they can swap a player out, like hide a player from the other team because droning's not really a thing in, um, like the start of those games because everybody knows what players you're playing against. So what they're doing is like hiding who their their formate or they like their their team is. So like, oh. You could you could basically switch out a player and be like, I'm gonna choose Capcam now, and like them not know that they are Capcam tracks split out throughout the area. Is that how it works? I don't know, some shit like that. Right. My I guess the thing that confused me was like, why wouldn't you do it every round? I think they're just doing like mind game stuff. But like, isn't isn't doing it literally every round mind games? I don't know. Like, you don't have to make the choice. You can flag it for the sixth pick, right? And then like, I don't know if you can do it every round or if it's only like a couple of times during the match. This, this is my problem, right? I don't, I don't yeah, know the rules. I don't understand either. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know at all either. Yeah. Uh, all I know is that I don't know enough. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, there's, there was a, a quite a bit to like. I don't like the casters. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, I'm the same. They're like that. That is when I was watching the Australian matches. Did not give any respect to, like, literally the team who won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like they they would. I don't know. I I've never heard a pair of people fucking rewrite history so fucking fast. But like a couple of times in their game against uh, uh, ninjas in pajamas last last night, they'd be like, oh. You know, just just a few rounds ago, we were saying they had to do this, uh, and now they're doing it. And if like, if you actually watched 
like just a few rounds ago, they were saying they couldn't do this. <laughs> and now they're doing it. Uh, they're just like, yeah. I don't know. I just, it bumped me. Uh, yeah, they weren't, there was no respect for the, the Aussies. Um, and like, yeah, I don't know. It's just a bit shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, it, it happens. Yep. All right, Nate's over there at the moment. Well, he's on a plane, I guess. He's on a plane. He's about to get off the plane and find out that the Australians are knocked out. That's true. He can sit there and watch with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. That's the games. A lot of, a lot of stuff speaking, to talk speaking about. Speaking of esports. Yeah. International. International kicked off this morning. Yes. Cod Champs is on as well. What's that? Cod Champs. What's Cod that? Championships. Okay. World Championships. Right. Um, yeah. There's a lot of esports. There's two Aussie teams at the Cod Champs, uh, Tainer Mines and Mind Freak. Cool. Uh, and, and two, uh, Aussie, two players Aussie players at the International. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, when I got up this morning, I uh, was watching OG play and then they their game, they got smashed. Um, yeah. And then I switched to Newbie. So I got both Australians playing. Nice. Uh, yeah. You watch Team Liquid? Yeah, look at it. I watched the oh, second game. Man. That was oof. oof. First game was super close. The second one was rough. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, um, that's that'll be on the next uh, like week and a half, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Both. Both. Well, I guess COD Champs will also be on until the end of the weekend. I think. Uh, what a weird time to put that on <laughs> yeah yeah let's it'd be like releasing a game against red dead redemption 2 or something right yeah like it's a bold strategy card and let's see if it pays off uh yeah how much money is the international worth uh it's up to like 25 24 400 oh your old pal jobo about to make some sweet donut money yeah, no i was boy. talking about australian dollars not u.s Oh, I said doll hairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Some news. News, news, news. Let's talk about that. Um, you can do this one. You can do these ones because I don't know the Hold full up. breadth of it. Hold up. I'm just, uh, just dragging this up. Uh, bingo. Bingo. Joe said 25.5. Luke said 28. So, uh, keeps the time left. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I don't know the the terrible fucking technical issues yeah, we've had so far. If you go have, over it, you've, you've only people. got six hundred million, six six hundred thousand left. Somewhere. What? If you go over oh, really? it, you're in trouble. How do you figure? How do you figure? I've only got six hundred thousand. What? Are Isn't you it at like twenty five? It's at twenty four point four. Okay. Well, yeah, you got you. You're fucked. I think. I got a mill. I got a full mill to go, baby. That's fucking heaps. Stacks. It's four percent. We'll see. We will see. Oh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, IGN Nintendo editor Philip Muchin fired over plagiarism. I should have talked about this last week, but somehow it, it slipped my mind. Uh, I'm glad we could talk about it. Well, you are here though, and uh, the story is developed anyway. So, uh, fuck, yeah. it's a story. It's now Holy a novel. Shit, <laughs> this, it's insane. So, this dude Philip uh, was caught 
plagiarizing his uh, Dead Cells Switch review. His first uh, review for IG, video review for IGN. First video review, yeah. And yeah, like just lifted oh, phrases wholesale from uh, this YouTuber whose name I've forgotten. Big something. I don't know. Big Daddy and, uh, Dead Cells. Big Daddy Kane. And, um, yeah, he's just, like, full-blown ripping this fucking review off. Hmm. And uh, So, IGN was, pretty much fired him, like, really quickly. Fired him straight up, which is... What they should have done, yeah. The exact response. Uh, and I don't think anyone could have expected IGN to do any differently. Uh, I don't think anyone would have. Uh, of course, IGN, okay, like, the moment it's clear that plagiarism has occurred, uh, yeah, get rid of him. Um Anyway, Philip, uh, who has a background as a YouTuber, um, jumped onto his YouTube channel and uh, issued an apology, in air quotes, that was anything but. Uh, he said it was an accident. Uh, it was just uh, accidental, and uh, he didn't mean for it to happen, and yeah. And, um, like, and was like, sort of denied it a little bit. It was, it was like, oh... We uh like what we do as games journalists is like read like read everybody else's reviews before we write our own. Yeah, which is bullshit. <laughs> I never I never read any reviews before I write one. And how do you do that in the foot? Like if it's if there's an embargo in place, that's not something that usually happens anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've heard on the on the DL that um that the script that he turned in. Um, was even more, like, even closer to what the YouTuber dude who wrote the Dead Cells review. Yeah, well, someone would have edited it, same. right? So yeah, and it was edited for like further away from being the exact same fucking thing, which yeah. is insane. Anyway, so uh, yeah, he came out and said that and tried to pawn off any responsibility from himself. So Kotaku were, you know, witch hunting and stuff like that. Uh, and, and and they were like, he's like, try and find anything else. Try and find anything else. <laughs> but before we got to there, right, I just sort of like my gut reaction was, oh, so he must have like jumped on Fiverr and paid someone to write a review for him. He must have like, he didn't have time. And so he's paid someone to write a review for him and they've plagiarized it. And that's why he's trying to like say that, you know, he didn't really it wasn't really his fault you know like he he made a mistake right that must be it right wrong unless he's fivered every single fucking review he's ever written holy shit this cunt has stolen so much work over the years staggering amounts and they're still there so he's he said to fucking said to Kotaku uh try and find try and see what you can find and oh my lord <laughs> people found it <laughs> it was yeah it was like drake drake fucking insulting Pusha t's fiance type shit it was like fucking it's on now like you have a son that you're denying exists sort of shit like you made a mistake philip you should not have fucking should not have unlocked that one uh jesus christ uh yeah they keep finding like they keep finding more stuff non-stop uh, and it's staggering uh, how much shit he's stolen. <laughs> My- he started off with like a FIFA review and was like, yeah, whatever. Uh, there's not much you can say about FIFA. Uh, I'm not just not, not saying that, you know, 
he's allowed to plagiarize because you can't say much about FIFA. But uh, yeah, like you know, eh. my uh, there's, there's my favorite one is just a coincidence there. But yeah, yeah, my my favorite one is his LinkedIn profile. <laughs> it's even plagiarized. What you didn't see this? What? He's no. ripped, he's ripped off like. Like from a like a job template website, and oh, dumped it no. into his LinkedIn resume. Oh, no. it's, it just gets better and better. Oh my god! Holy shit! That's hilarious. Um, well, yeah. Now, uh, now, like, now, IGN is wiping him from the site. Yeah, like everything is written there. They're removing everything he's ever written, which is crazy um oh i gotta see this linkedin shit um oh no <laughs> did you find it yes <laughs> marketing the director for proco.com develops and implements strategic marketing plans and sales plans and forecasts to achieve oh my god it is literally word for word it is literally word for word holy shit Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Holy fuck. That's ama- that is spectacular. That's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Um this this is like that's amazing. Anyway, um yeah. He should not he, he, he should have just like abandoned shit. He should have just deleted himself from the internet for like three months yeah well he's deleted that that like apology video now he's like yeah and, he, and he's like um he's copyright striking anyone who puts it back up which is pretty good <laughs> yeah like this guy does not get another job writing i don't see how he does he's done he is done wait three weeks and he'll be uh talking about how games meter is evil or something and uh you can start a youtube patreon or some shit yeah it'll be making more than i make in a year on patreon it'll be good (laughs) it'd be great yeah yeah can't wait um yeah anyway staggering shit uh he's the worst uh the the other thing is that like it puts a bad light on people that are doing the right thing as well because it stirs up that argument again of like oh games journalists are corrupt Mm. right and yeah yeah and he's definitely gonna like when he realizes that his only fucking way out is to pander to the dickheads who think games journalists are all corrupt just wait and and when he's coming out being like everybody does this like no no nobody does this it's literally just you fuck you idiot you literally stealing other people's work in my uh in my World of Warcraft diary because when I launched into Battle of Azeroth my screen was dead black and yep. it was prompting me to make a new character and uh, and I was like I knew that it was just like launch day issues but part of me was like panicking that it was all gonna go down hmm. it was all fucked and I lost my character and all this shit uh, so uh, yeah I'm gonna reference having the Philip Muchin my World of Warcraft diaries to uh, to talk about stealing someone else's work. Cool. I, want, I want his name to be synonymous. The idea of stealing people's work. That's it. It's my new my new plan. Fuck that idiot. What a fucking prick. 
Oh, and he had a tweet, right? He had a tweet where he's like, uh, something about plagiarism. I'm sure he did. I'm sure I saw one. Um, like basically, oh man, he's just, he is like, he's a, a comedy of errors. Plagiarize. If you steal from one author, it's plagiarism. If you steal from any, it's research. <laughs> What? That's what he, t- he tweeted that on the 5th of July. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. He saw this coming. Oh, in 2014. Oh, okay. 2014. Right. That's that's amazing. Um, anyway, gold. Nice. Yeah. Gold. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the movie. Yep. Uh, Bethesda goes back on review policy. So this one was on Survivor, right? No, this, no, no, no. This is like VG twenty four seven. I think did oh. this one of their interviews, QuakeCon. Um, yeah, basically, I mean, it's something we've talked about a lot over the the last what year and a half, where Bethesda introduced a policy where they'd no longer send out review code to uh, media, um, yeah. and that basically, like, they wanted everybody to experience the game at the same time. Um, and I yeah. guess it kind of backfired on them quite a bit because you get to the stage where consumers wanted to know whether or not a game is good and they don't know because there's no reviews out there's, there's no one talking about it so um like we've seen games like dishonored 2 and wolfenstein 2 um prey uh the evil within 2 like the sales on those games were not as what they expected and um yeah, man. It seems like uh, talk like Pete Hines has kind of said they've realized the mistake there and they're going to go back on it um, and they'll be sending out review copies for games when they can. Um, so that's a, I think it's a good move. Yeah, I mean they like they basically they fucked up two games doing the, the way they did. So yeah, um, it, it is good that it's been removed. It should never have been implemented, basically. Yeah. Way I look at it. Yeah. No, it's, it's crap. So, yeah, we'll see how that sort of pans out. Um, with Fallout, I guess, being their next big game, a uh, little bit different. Again, it's an online game. Don't really know yeah. what's going to happen with that one. Um, well, I, I think everyone's just going to get that one at the same time. But they might be able to extend the beta for reviewers or whatever the fuck. I yeah, guess. but, like, what... Like, if you're looking at it in terms of they want the reviews to be good, maybe they send it out early so that the shit works. And then, he, yeah. like, rather than giving it to people on day one and being like, there you go, and then it's going to be on fire. Like, I don't see yeah. any other way how it won't be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure. It'll, it'll be interesting. It will be. Yeah. All right. What else have we got? Uh, Battlefield pre-orders are weak. Weak. And um, in a week, what's his face? Or week. Week. What's that mean? Uh, they've not been strong. They've been bad. Uh, so Patrick Soderlund, yes, uh, is leaving EA, and uh, he's doing it because pre-order sales for Battlefield Five in week. Uh, just uh, I don't know. It's just crazy. I can't believe Soderlund's leaving. And uh, I can't believe Battlefield... I think Battlefield 5 looks really good. Um, 
what is people who are upset because they like got rid of the the season pass thing that they had going mm-hmm. they got rid of it in the middle of the season and they didn't really do anything to make up make it up to the people who purchased the season pass right so that might have screwed with uh, consumer confidence a bit I guess that and the fact that the last game was Battlefront, Battlefront 2 which was a um, obviously a fucking train wreck um, yeah I, I guess there is you know there's reasons but I'm pumped for Battlefield so I don't really get it um, yeah yeah I, like I'm in that boat where I just feel like it's too similar to the last one it's 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 World War Two this time, but it just looks too samey. Uh, I, I, you haven't seen enough of it, then, dude, because it it's it looks like the most different fucking battlefield in years. Like to me, uh, there's so much going on. The emphasis on squads and stuff, yeah, it's really fucking good. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm fucking I'm super in. All right, I'm like I'm, I'm definitely playing it. I'm just like maybe everybody else is like yeah, it's too similar. Yeah. I don't need it. Well, I think they've done a really piss poor job of showing it off to people. You know, like a couple of streamer events and that's it. Like, for fuck's sake, they get some fucking press to see it and shit. I guess we'll see some more at Gamescom next week and whatever. But fuck me, man. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, and we got here Diablo 3 Eternal Collection coming to Switch later this year. This is leaked today. Um, and it's since been, uh, I think, who leaked it? Fucking Forbes leaked it, I think it was. Forbes, And yeah. uh, it's been backed up by Kotaku since then, so it seems legit. Um, it's yeah. going to have the base game, uh, Reaper of Souls and Rise of the Necromancer pack, which is a good bundle. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Seems like people are excited about it. I'm like, yeah, cool. All right, fair enough. Hmm. Take it with you on the go. Well, I guess that's pretty cool. I guess, but... Yeah. yeah. I'm uh, I'm more excited for whatever they're working on now. Like, I'm hearing things. <laughs> it sounds like BlizzCon, yeah. new Diablo game. Some sort of Diablo, Diablo game. Diablo, you reckon? Yeah. Uh, I would be... Um... I, I bet we see Diablo 2 remaster. Right. I bet we'll see that before we see a new Diablo game. Okay. That's my guess. Uh, and I'm thinking like Warcraft remasters. Right, yeah. I don't think we're going to see a new game at BlizzCon this year. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. We'll see. That's the news. We can make, we can make better about it if you want. We can. 25.5? Well, no, you're obviously going to owe me donuts or no, whatever. You, do, you haven't whatever. paid me for any other bets we've done. What are you talking about? Of course I have. I've no. always paid. I got you fucking ice cream. When? When did you ever get me ice cream? This is When did I get you ice cream? I got you gelato messina. Ridiculous. I cannot believe no, you're just That's a lie. That. That's a lie. I've never well, had any Ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen. Did you live We're stream? Here. Did I live stream? Come on. Come on. I can't. Anyway. I can't even find the sheet anymore. Where is it? How convenient that you've lost it. How convenient. Oh, predictions. Twenty thirteen. This is a while back. <laughs> Holy shit! Here we go. Yeah, I don't know how we verify any of this stuff. It's it's very old. Mm. Uh, Left for Dead three before Half Life three. We're still waiting on that one. That uh, one has we'll still see. not been confirmed. We'll see. Next Red Dead, next Rockstar game, 
Red Dead Revenge, Red Dead Revenge. Yeah, no, nah, we were both wrong about that one. You're lucky. Yeah. Where are you looking at this? Uh, it's the Gap Predictions 2013. 2013, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Make, make, a, make a note in it and it'll come to the top of my Google Docs. I've closed it. It's gone. Oh, how convenient. Yeah, you don't want me to see the other fucking predictions, don't you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I'm pretty sure there was a second one somewhere. I, have to need a, I need to find like an updated one. I'm pretty sure there was too. Yeah, I'm not sure it is. It's, it's very convenient that you can't find it. Right. I'll just keep saying that. Right, okay. uh, are we any questions? That's the news. That is the news. Do we have any questions? Let us see. Oh, yeah. No. Toasty. Toasty. No, we don't. Okay. Uh, cool. All right. That's it. That's the show. Boom. That's the show. Take it. Uh, Take next it time we speak uh, on the podcast, next time I speak on the podcast, I will live somewhere different. Right. I'm moving house this week. Cool. I'm so excited for it. I can't wait. Is your internet ready, though? Uh, yeah, it is, actually. Like, staggeringly. Everyone I know who moves is like, oh, it's such a hassle. I call them up and they're like, um, yeah, it'll be connected tomorrow. I might, I don't move in until the end of the week. Week. They're like, oh, well, yeah, it'll just, it'll be fine. It just won't start billing until the end of the week. I'm like, uh, how's it going to know? And they're like, well, the moment you plug a modem in and log in on your account over there. Yeah. I'm like, okay. No need to be chippy. Yeah. How rude. Yeah. But I got to go buy a modem. Because it's fiber to the basement instead of fiber to the premises. Okay. Yeah, that's a bit stupid. Yeah. So my my router won't work. Uh, But that's okay. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to be moving. Uh, My real estate is organized to have people come uh, look at the place on Saturday while I'm moving. And I emailed them and said, uh, that's probably not going to be very convenient. Um because I'll be moving and there'll be shit everywhere. Mm. And uh, they emailed me back and they said, uh, please look at this. Uh, if you look at this link, uh, you'll see for your information, we are allowed to, we are allowed to have prospective tenants look into your house without your permission. <laughs> so they're going to do it anyway. So, fuck them. I'll tell you what I'm going to do is I'm going to make big signs <laughs> and I'll put them up on the wall about all the shit that doesn't work in this place. I'm going to put a sign on the aircon and it's going to say, aircon doesn't work unless you run the other aircon. The uh, the drainage filter for this aircon uh, was unplugged for ages and so there is rot in the wall. And then I'm going to put above the uh, smoke detector, um, roof leaked from an upstairs... Uh, flood and <laughs> and the real estate never did anything about it that'll be a sign uh i'm gonna put another one over on the window near my lounge that says uh prepare to hear construction noise at 7 30 uh every day for the rest of your fucking life because the cunts who are making buildings outside will never ever finish they've been we've been living here for three years and uh, they're still going. Meanwhile, Meriton have put up fucking 16 fucking apartment blocks across the road. And they're probably taking some down and put up new ones in the time <laughs> that we've lived here. Yeah. Uh, so enjoy that noise for the rest of your life. What about the dude the- that smelled your chair? Oh, yeah. It's fucking smelling my chair. Well, I don't think I'm going to have my camera stuck up. 
sadly, because I'll have taken my computer away, I assume. Uh, in the bedroom, I'm going to put up a sign that says, uh, I hope you enjoy natural light at whatever time the sun decides to come up because these blinds aren't able to block out anything and floor-to-ceiling fucking windows in the bedroom means that you'll literally never be able to block out all the lights. Uh, on all the windows, I might put signs that say, there's no fine screens on these bastards, so good luck ever fucking opening the doors without getting fires everywhere. And, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. Um, can't, can't get the fucking drain outside of unblock. It's just going to be, oh, yeah. The, the shower door doesn't stay on. Uh, yeah. I'm going to fucking... And fuck, the house is on. Fucking and the house. <laughs> um, yeah. If they want to be dickheads and cite fucking laws that they're allowed to have people in, fuck them. Uh, yeah. Screw that. It's fucked. We're trying... Like, I'm, try, I'm trying to move out. Fuck pricks. Just delay it till Sunday, you fucks. Jesus Christ. Anyway. Yeah, I'm seriously going to do this. I'm 100% going to do it. Yeah. Fuck them. Fucking pricks. I'm so grumpy about it. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. That's See? the show. That's the show. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Android, Windows Store. If you rate and review the show, it helps other people listen and find it because they get like put up the top. We get put up the top, which is awesome. Um, you can email us questions if you want the podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on social media, facebook.com slash podcast, twitter.com slash podcast, or you can go to our website, which is gapodcast.com. It's got all the links to the things we just talked about, including past episodes of the show. Uh, if you want to jump onto our Discord page, you can do that as well. It's the gapodcast.com slash Discord. Uh, we've got a bunch of voice channels in there, people playing games, um, a bunch of... Uh, you can leave questions on there, people talking about the international at the moment. Yep, sports. Spoiler chat channel. Yeah, Dota chat. It's all all gone off. It's crazy. Can't keep them quiet. Um, And that's all thanks to our Patreon members. If you want to help support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash GA podcast. Thank you, everyone. Does that every month. Appreciated. Much the best. We do. And that's it. That's the show. Uh, We've got uh, fucking basketball stuff on tonight. Holy shit, we do too. I'd forgotten. Yeah. Good thing I reminded you. Good thing. Yeah. Hell yeah. I can't drink though. Why not? I can't get drunk. Why not? So you're going to fucking move tomorrow. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Yeah, there is. I don't want to be moving with a hangover. No. Do you know how long it takes me to get over a hangover these days? Jesus Six six days. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I will not be going crazy. Cool. All unless, right. unless, unless, a, unless a certain rookie of the year wants me to go crazy. Oh shit! With him, what if he's case, like, "Let's go play some right. PUBG. Let's go have some PUBG. drinks." No, like, Don't worry about it. Yep, we're doing it. I'll be like Fiona. It's over. <laughs> not like not our not our marriage. Just me helping with the move. Just the move. We'll do it on Saturday instead. Yeah, we'll do it while people are fucking inspecting. <laughs> Sounds yeah. good. I think um, I think this is gonna happen. Sorry. It sounds like it's happening. All right, that's it. We'll be back next week um, with more. I don't know what we're going to talk about because fuck. Yeah. It's, Is there a game that I can play while moving? I don't know, man. I got any, I got a message while we were podcasting that I'm getting a package. I don't yeah. know what that is. So, cool. yeah. I don't know if it's... Fine. Did you get one? No. Okay. Well, maybe... Who's I, it from? I don't know. Oh. It's just like a FedEx package that says you're getting a package on this date. 
I haven't ordered anything. I've been away for like fucking two weeks. Well. So, I don't know what that is. Anyway. Hmm. All right. Cool. So, I'll talk about that. Um, Fine. Yeah. We'll talk about NBA, I guess. Yeah, we'll talk about NBA 2K19 next week and, and more things. Maybe more Dota and more Paris Major. I guess. Yeah. Cool. All right. See you then. Peace.